Welcome to T Dolda. Oh, good again. Welcome to T Dolda. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> You're totally good with you, bro. Yeah. Hey, drink some more beer. All right, Total Degenerates Podcast. We are back. I am your host, K Morg, here. CY is remote this evening with us. CY just welcomed in his second child. So I know we're very excited to have another baby in the family. CY, how you feeling, buddy? Um, you know, I, I feel good. I feel good. Any The one word of advice I'd give anyone trying to have kids out there is have it during football season. You know, you can really sit back, have a have a baby in your arms and do, do your research and get you dialed in for all your bets, all your college football props. It's, it's ideal time to be home um, and be remote. I would say do it during football season. So this, I mean, this is almost perfect timing for you then. Cause it's the week right before. Perfect. Yeah, and it was the same timeline with my son. So, you know, I'm kind of used to it. You know, I've been here, you know, I'm prepared, I'm ready to go. Um, fired up for college football, fired up for NFL. So, so the late nights of the lack of sleep are actually good for bets is what you're saying. Oh, it's preparation. It, okay. It's all it is, you know, time wasted, uh, not happening over here. Scared money doesn't make money. I love it. Good to hear. CY. Go. Good to have you back. Let's go. Um, we also have Garrett here. Garrett third week straight with us. Garrett, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Happy to be back. Awesome. You guys keep having me. I don't yeah. Know what's three, wrong with three you. weeks straight. It's almost like we kind of just forced him to be a part of this podcast now. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for oh, you, Garrett. I'm, I'm good. I'm here for it. I'm here. No, for he it. keeps coming, so yeah. we're we're gonna keep having him on. We're we're happy to have him here with us. So uh, really excited to have you back, Garrett. But um, before we get into obviously college football week one and week zero, which was which oh, us sports fans are extremely excited about, um, me included. Um, let's talk real quick about UFC. We had a week off last week. Um, this week you're getting into UFC Paris, Gone and Tuivasa. Really excited for these fights. Um, but let's get into some of the ones I'm really looking forward to. For me. A fight of the night potential, two fight of the night potential contenders I'm going to get into, Buckley and Imovov. Two really exciting fighters, Imovov coming off a big win against Edmund Shabazian, who I fucking hate, as you all know if you listen to the podcast, because he has lost way too much money. He was my original rising up-and-coming star that just fucking tanked. So I know CY knows about that one. But uh, Joaquin Buckley, also highlight reel viral knockout of everyone's career in life. So um, really excited to see these two get after it. Um, For sure going to be finishing. I think this is like glass cannon. First, Not first punch that lands wins, but I'm looking for some fireworks in this Taking the under. Yeah, I'm taking the under. I don't even know what the line is right now. Um, but I definitely see a knockout in this fight. I like Imovov. I think Imovov is a lot bigger, a lot stronger, a lot more physical. Um, and I think he has a really, really big um, grappling advantage. And I think he has the boxing advantage too. I think Buckley, you know, he does have his pop, but I think he also telegraphs a lot of his big shots. I think a guy like Kevin Holland, you know, a guy that is now a welterweight because of his size and frame, but he was able to knock out Buckley pretty cleanly yeah. just because he was just a lot more technical. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I was like, uh, I like watching the fighters fight at home, right? Mm-hmm. Imovov, uh, you know, French based, mm-hmm. France based fighter. So uh, they always go out there, to, like you know, try to put on a show for their people. I, I agree. I think this one's fireworks from from the word go. You got a highlight real striker in Buckley, and then Imovov at home. Um, you know, UFC Paris. Uh, I think he's gonna. Uh, 
Like it's gonna be interesting. I think it'll be, think it'll be good. I, I also am rolling with Imovov on this. I like it. Um, he's he's getting he's getting bet up. I think it's like minus two ten now. Open around yeah. like one seventy. So I think the the uh, the public sees that as well, which is fine. But a couple of interesting things we didn't even talk about it. But UFC Paris, I'm pretty sure mixed martial arts was banned in France for a really long time. So this is the first time the UFC is going out there. So yeah, I'm excited because obviously you have Cyril gone at the top of the card too. Mm-hmm. So. Um, a lot of these guys had to train outside of France for majority of their career, so I'm sure they're going to be really hyped up and excited. And I actually really love the international cards the UFC's put on lately, yeah. like the Aspinall, the Patty Pimblets, you know, the Molly McCann's meatball. Like they've put on some fucking banger UFC fights. See why I know you're a big Molly McCann fan. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I think it's just expanding the market for UFC, and we've seen this lately of how big of a sport it's become, and you're seeing it with a lot of these high contenders and even champions at these weight classes where they're coming from remote areas that we haven't seen before. Um, and I think it just goes to speak of how well Dana has done marketing the UFC and how well, um, fans are catching on to it and catching on to these big personalities. Like, you know, I talk to Sean McGregor all the time, but look what he did for the sport internationally. Yeah. So I think that just goes to show that, um, people are catching on and it's, it's really cool to see, especially, you know, you said a fight in France and, we saw the London, and um, we've seen all these different places. Abu I, I think Dhabi. it's legit. Yeah, Abu Dhabi. Yeah, Abu Dhabi is obviously the next biggest one. So, but I mean, that's the cool part about the UFC is it truly is an international sport. Yeah, you know, I mean, football. Obviously, they're trying to expand to you know the UK, and college football just went to Ireland, and you know, baseball has a lot of Dominican Republic players, but they don't really expand and actually play in those areas where like. The UFC actually has a ton of international fighters and actually goes to those places. So I really do love that about the UFC. But and up and down the card, like I said, Imovov is from, you know, France. He's from Paris. And then the next fight, you have Charles Jordan and Nathaniel Wood, both guys who are uh, well, Charles Jordan is Canadian. Nathaniel Wood is um, English from London. So, again, two more international fighters and another absolute banger. Charles Jordan coming off a loss against Shane Burgos, who a lot of people thought it was very controversial. A lot of people gave, you know, for sure gave the last round to um, Jordan, potential 10-8 in that last round. Um, So that was an insanely close flight. And then Nathaniel Wood, who's coming up to 145, he just beat... I want to say it was uh, uh, Charles Rosa. He used to be Charles Rosa, Rosa, who he just absolutely mopped the floor with him. That was cake for him. But it was a big comeback fight for him. He took about a, I want to say, two-year-long layoff. He had a couple injuries he was fighting through. Um, His previous fight before that was against Casey Kenny, you know, another top 10 bantamweight in the division. Um, Very close fight. I actually had that one for Wood when I I was watching it, scoring it. But either way, Wood comes up in weight, probably going to, you know, He's going to have more of a cardio, I wouldn't say advantage in this fight, but he's going to have better cardio than he has shown at 135 because he was really, really sucked out at 135. So um, I'm really excited about this fight. I mean, Charles Jordan has fucking fire in his hands. And and Nathaniel Wood is more of the technical boxer. So what do you guys have on this? Anything to add here? Yeah, I think uh, the, the jumping up the weights probably the most interesting thing to me in this fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I tend to think on the feet, I like uh, I like Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um I think I, I do think that uh, it'll still be close. I would be normally a little bit more concerned. Jordan doesn't have a great takedown defense. No. Um, I think fighting a guy that's coming up a weight class, I, I think that that's going to be less of an issue. Yeah, it's true. Um, he's going to be bigger. He's going to be the bigger yeah. guy in there. So I think I, I, I like Jordan in this one. I think it'll be a good fight. I, I do. I like this is another one that I like for potential fight of the night, uh, depending on how it goes. Uh, if it's a Jordan fight, they're going to stand up, and he's going to throw a ton of volume, like we saw in the Burgos fight. Um, so, well, it's yeah, no, it's interesting because I mean, 
we thought going into the Burgos Jordan fight that you know it was going to be fireworks, which it was, but <clears throat> Burgos had to wrestle to win that fight. He did. And like Jordan's hands were probably a little crisper in that fight than Burgos, which is surprising considering yeah, Burgos. Him by- 50 or 60 yeah, significant and, and strikes, something like that. It was the hell it was, out of him it was in the last round. Like, if you just watched that last round, you're like, holy fuck, Charles Jordan just beat the shit out of Burgos. Yeah. But that wasn't the case because Burgos was able to out-wrestle him in the mm-hmm. first two rounds. Which is a, another a, a good point uh, for Jordan. I know it's the three-rounder, but still, for you know he's got the cardio. Because yeah. if he can outlast, you know, being wrestled the first two rounds, essentially, and then just tee off mm-hmm. a guy, tee off on a guy in the third, still have the tank to do that. Yeah. Um, I like I like to see that. That means that yeah. he's gonna he's gonna have the tank to go. So I think this will be a good one. Um, but I, I got Jordan. Just yeah, I I think this is. I'm not saying it's exactly the same as Dom Cruz, Marlon Vera. We talked about that fight a ton, but it's <laughs> sure. almost like Jordan is gonna win the moments, <clears throat> yeah. where I think Wood's gonna win the minutes. Yep. You know, I think Wood can consistently, you know, from bell to bell win rounds in minutes. But Jordan might knock him down. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if he puts him out. I think. My gut tells me this fight goes over two and a half because I just think both fighters are really tough. Yeah. Um, the only thing that scares me is, you know, Wood long layoff. He came back and looked good in his last fight, but he takes take some big shots. And I think yeah. Jordan does have the pop to potentially put him away. Yeah. So that does worry me. Um, Jordan's going to have a three inch height advantage. The reach is actually going to be the same, but I do think Jordan's going to be significantly bigger in the cage. Yeah. You know, when guys go up, you know, a full weight class. I always want them to prepare their body, and I don't think Nathaniel Wood's doing that. I do, th- I do like Nathaniel Wood. Don't get me wrong. I love this matchup because I think it's both guys that are like that. You know, twelve to like sixteen range in the division, twelve yeah. to seventeen, where it's like it's so competitive at one forty-five. Tell you this, I don't think this is the last time they fight each other. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that you think they I, can fight again at the top ten. I do ranks. because I think they're both good prospects. Yeah. Um, and I think you know. I think this will be a good competitive fight. So whoever loses isn't going to drop significantly. And I think that there's a good chance they fight again. Yeah. And I, I think some of the difference here is Charles Jordan, like when he first came in, like he lost to Julian Arosa, who if they were to fight today, it would have been easy Charles Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's taken his lumps and he's gotten better since then. Yeah. And I think we're seeing the evolution where he's fighting a Shane Burgos, who was, you know, a top 10 guy. Yeah. And he damn near almost beat him. Yeah. You know, Nathaniel Wood you know, fought Casey Kenny's, you know, number eight, maybe in the mm-hmm. Bantamweight division. So he's very good too. Um, and I think, uh, it's going to be ultra competitive. Yep. I'm excited. Like I said, I, I, my two outcomes, I think it's Jordan TKO, or I think it's wood decision. Exactly. I, like I, the it, Dom verified. Yeah. I, it's a stay away from me from a betting yeah, perspective because it's minus minus one forty Jordan. It's incredibly close, but it's not enough value. It's not. And yeah. it's, it's too close for me just to pick a side. I I'm going to thoroughly watch this fight and enjoy it from minute he, to minute. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, Vittori Whitaker. I mean, that car, that's going to sell itself as the co-main event here. I mean, we're talking two guys, um, Whitaker, I was looking at earlier. Whitaker last eight years has two losses, both Adesanya. Yeah. Vittori last five years, two losses, both Adesanya. Yeah. So we're talking two guys, both coming off title losses. Um, Vittori bounced back and beat Costa in his last performance. Whitaker hasn't fought since his Adesanya loss in November. Um, the line has Whitaker like pretty chalky, like almost two fifty from yeah. what I've seen. So the public seems to think Whitaker is an easy pick here. What do you guys think on this one? See why I'll leave it to you first. Yeah, I mean, this is the classic Robert Whitaker one fight a year. Um, it's not a knock, you know, <laughs> but you that's just what it. That's just what it is. Like, it, it, and he's come out and said, "I'm a family man. I want to enjoy my family, and I don't want to." Love that. He's just not going to love it, and I, I love it too. Um, the only reason I bring that up is at some point, you know, Father Time's going to take its toll on him. I believe, Ooh. you know, and we're not going to see the same 
classic Robert Whitaker every time out when he was taking these long gaps. Well, to, to, and I think the last to your point, last few times he has less ring time then, right? True. Like he has less time in the octagon. He's only thirty one years old like, too. Let's not like act if, like if he's, he's like forty. And, he's and like he's Shogun. Not, if he's not fighting, if he's not taking three, four fights a year, and he's taking one yeah. because you know, right. fuck, fuck this guy for wanting to hang out with his family, right. then uh, you know. In theory, he should be a very fresh thirty-one-year-old by mm-hmm. by that logic, no? But and I and I partially what I think CY might be talking about too is when he had the belt, and I think he, I don't remember who he beat. It was that either the second Yo- Yoel fight or whoever he beat? But he took like that two-year-long layoff. He well, he he contemplated he, retirement. Oh man, he had like what the, what was it the double knee surgery, mm-hmm. and then at one point I think it was his spleen, yeah, or like his appendix was gonna burst before the Gastelum fight. Mm-hmm. Like he was after injury after injury after injury so like he had that long layoff yeah and then adesanya clipped him to where the ring rust you know might have affected some chin issues who knows could have but um i mean it's not like he's taken off this is not you know a long layoff for whitaker in this fight though how and then no and it's not and i i like whitaker once in the last year too just as right well he fought uh i mean it was costa but i can't remember how long ago it was 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 like he fought costa he fought twice in 21 did Actually, he fought, fought, fought three times in twenty. Three times, did he really? three times twenty twenty one. No, Vittori um, is fought, incredibly active, and I, Vittoria, I, I like Vittori, and the, I do too. I didn't realize he fought three times last year. This I like this fight a lot because these are the two guys that I do actually think have the best chance to beat Adesanya. Maybe outside of Pereira right now, but like these two guys, like they both had competitive fights. Like the Vittori, the Vittori championship fight, I, th- I think it was pretty clear Adesanya won. But there was, you know, their first fight. It was a split decision. Again, I think it was Adesanya 29-28 when I watched it back, but there was a judge out there that thought Vittoria won that fight. Mm-hmm. So you have that, and then the and then Whitaker won. I mean, the last time out, you know, it was 3-2. Either way, it was a very close, challenging fight. So for me, I love this matchup because this is like, okay, these are the two guys that couldn't get it done. Who's going to get the number three shot? Yeah, I, I love the matchup. Um, I, I, just, I don't think Vittoria has a shot at beating Izzy. I oh just, really? No, I mean, ever. I just don't see it. Uh, I mean, his only his only saving grace is that he's going to grapple and put him up against the yeah. fence. I mean, that's all, and that's all he did, right? That's how he got his mm-hmm. points. He'll never outstrike, is no. he? No, and he'll never. He's got great takedown defense. Yeah. Um. So it's going to end up on the on the fence, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a stalemate of sorts, uh, where Izzy's making fun of him like he did, let you know, in, in that fight. Yeah. So the only the only thing that I'll give Vittori and like for for potential like championship status for him is he is by far like he's only 28 years old yeah he's young like he is young in comparison to a lot of these guys that are aging themselves out kind of like see what i was talking about like whitaker you know he doesn't he's not as active you know vittori is very active he's only 28 years old he's yeah. in his he's like in his prime slash coming into his prime right now yeah so like if he continues to get you know stronger and has that better you know clinch work to take down ability against a guy like Adesanya. I I could see that route for him. True. You know maybe as Izzy's kind of like aging years. out, <laughs> ten years as Izzy's aging out, kind of like phasing out of yeah. maybe and he's going up or yeah. you know isn't there. So but yeah, I don't, as far as a striking match, no, Vittoria will never beat Adesanya. I'd be surprised if Izzy and Vittoria really fought again. Honestly, okay. yeah, I, I'd be surprised if they gave a trilogy to. To, the, to those fights. It would take a while yeah. considering... I mean, you could, right? I mean, at, at a point, if there's no one else in line, yeah. what is he going to do? Just not get a shot? Well, so. especially, I mean, I see this fight, I'll just give my prediction. I think Whitaker, I think this is actually a pretty good stylistic matchup for Whitaker. Yeah. As um, as Garrett said earlier, is Victoria needs the takedown, and all we've seen from Robert Whitaker is great takedown defense. Mm-hmm. You know, Whitaker's fought Yoel Romero, who, again, isn't, 
you know, he doesn't always go for takedowns. He's actually become a great striker in the UFC, but we're talking about a, you know, Olympic level wrestler, bronze medalist, if I'm not mistaken, for Cuba, for Yoel Romero, like, and he is able to put Whitaker down, but never control him. Whitaker yep. is the guy that pops back up to his feet and continues to outstrike and outland you guys. And if you think about power and strength, which I think Vittori has both, yeah, but I don't think he's more powerful and has more strength than Yoel. Right. So if if Rob's getting up from those, I, I see a right. similar outcome. Yeah. I, I think Vittori gets him to the ground. You I think he can get him down? I think he gets him down. I, the only thing I'm disappointed in this fight is that it is three rounds, though. Yeah. Like, this is these that, are two guys so, that, like, they need to be fighting five well, rounds. Well, I actually think three rounds uh, greatly favors Vittori. Really? Okay. Because I think that there is a... Well, Vittori faded in the cost of fight rounds four and five. Right. And I think that there is absolutely a world where Vittori can maybe get robbed to the ground or get him up pressed against the fence and just get some control time. And win around, steal around, yeah, steal two I, rounds, I, I three round that, fight, yeah. I, in a five round, to me, the 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 line has favors yeah, Whitaker three, four, so. and five for so sure. The, the three round actually makes it more interesting to me. Okay, what do you think, Cway? Yeah, I like Whitaker here. Um, like I said, I, there's an outside chance. I think he shows up with some ring rust. I mean, but until we he proves to us that he he can't take that time off and not show up his best form. I mean, yeah. last two times out, I think it's the best Rob Whitaker we've we've seen. So. You know, until he's proven us otherwise, I like Whitaker here. Will I lay the, the two twenty? I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I don't know. To me, I don't like laying anything over two hundred for a guy I don't believe is like dominant at that spot. But I'm not taking Vittori here. I, I like Whitaker in a parlay piece, um, but I like him. You know, late in this fight, third round knockout or decision. Yeah, I like. I like it. I like the over. I think. I think. Honestly, I I haven't looked, but when the props come out. You can bet both these guys by decision. If it's plus money, and you're going to win money. Yep. That's truly how I yeah. feel about this bet. Yep, 100%. Um, the over two and a half, pretty chalky, minus no, 265. No ends up plus money for Whitaker, though. At, by decision? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. If he's minus 220, yeah. he's probably like but, one, but 150 yeah. decision, probably. But yeah. um, over two and a half, minus 265, I think that's... I'm not saying it's a lock of the night, but I'm saying it's pretty damn close. Yeah, I don't like, see Rob finishing Vittoria. Outside then, of a, you know, I'm going to knock, knock on wood. Outside of a scare, yes, I'm not even going to say it out loud. Yeah. Um, I think I'm very confident this is a decision. I think I both guys are incredibly tough, incredibly durable. Neither of them are slouches on the ground. Neither of them are slouches in the striking realm. I've, I'm going to love this matchup from a pure, you know, UFC fan. What do you do if uh, if you're the UFC and uh, and Rob makes fairly easy work of Vittori. That's the hardest thing in the world. That it's, I mean, like we've talked about it. Right. You've got Whitaker. You've got Colby Covington. It's like in a world where Adesanya and Usman don't exist, these guys are the champions. Yeah. You know, and it's like they they basically make light work of everyone else in the division. Mm-hmm. So it's I mean, it's, Rob's made, he's embarrassed everybody. No, he beat the shit out of him. Right? He, he almost knocked out Cannoneer and beat the hell out of him. Gastelum he beat the shit out of. It's like for me, it's he's got to go up to two hundred five. Yeah. And I, we've talked about that with Costa. We've talked about that with other guys. I think. There's a route to victory in 205. Rob, Rob talked about that the other day. He did. Yeah, he did. He, he said he, he might go. He said he needs to build his body up, which I respect and I'm a big fan of. So if he wins this, I think there's a very good chance. Or even if he loses, I think there's a good chance he goes up too. Yeah, I was surprised to hear him say that. Um, just because he had, he looked, you know, great in his last fight against Izzy. But there has been some questions like, is his heart going to be in it? You know, well, he's talked to like, 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 yeah, what CY said, you know, it's like he doesn't fight around Christmas yeah. because he wants to hang out with his family, you know? So it's like you, you, you hear those things. Big gamer, too. Yeah, he is. 
Uh, so you hear those things and then you talk about a guy taking on the monumental challenge of especially a guy at his level, right? Like mm -hmm. he's not going up to 205 to go fight, you know, 10, 11th ranked fighters. He's going up there and immediately challenging a top five. No, he's guy. fighting Yon and then he's fighting for the belt. Right. And so. And he's earned that. 100%. 100% he has. But to take on that challenge, right? Uh, when you're not sure if his heart is always in it, I, that's, mm -hmm. that's a tall task. It's hard to bet on him. Yeah. I agree. All right, let's get into the main event. We have Cyril Gaon fighting Tai Tuivasa. We have heavy, heavy, heavy chalk on Cyril Gaon at minus 550, uh, which is pretty routine in Cyril Gaon fights. Outside of an Nganu fight, we yeah. see him coming in as a massive, massive favorite. Um, lines right now, you have two and a half over is 135. Any initial thoughts on this fight, CY? I mean, you know I love Tui. I'm not a big... Cyril Gon guy, but he's fighting at home. Yeah, you hate Cyril Gon. Yeah, I mean, because he's from there, right? Not, not that likable, though. I agree with that. No. Not super likable. I don't think he's why like. Does, why do you hate him, though, CY? Like, you literally dislike Here, him. Yeah. Here's the thing I, because in the UFC, you get technicians throughout every weight class, right? And you see it a lot more. But the one thing you're going to get with heavyweights are guys are going to go in there and fucking bang. And that's why we love heavyweight fights. And that's why you fall in love with the majority of these heavyweights. And Saragon is not that guy. You know, he's a technician. Yeah. And when you, when he fights, he goes, you know, he takes it from, a, you know, a lighter weight guy. And he's a technician in the ring. And so it pisses me off because we love the Tuis. We love the Lewis, Derek Lewis's. You know, we love the Brock Lesnar's. Like, those are fan favorites because those guys have the ability to knock you out at any given time and when we don't get that in the heavyweight class it pisses me off does it piss you off more that he's not necessarily knocking people out or that he's not leaving himself open to get knocked out i think both i think it makes the fight boring and he's so good at it um you know he has a plan he sticks to it Funny. and it's like the Derek lewis fight man it was just like gosh damn i hate yeah. this guy like you're just making it boring, and he's so good at it. it was hard to watch. I respect him. It's I just, yeah. you know, I, you don't want that out of a heavyweight. You want guys who are going to go in there with bad bodies, definitely and just throw absolute bombs. Definitely breaking the trend there. I will for sure, for sure, give you that. Well, also, like weirdly, in Gon's uh, defense, it's like he does knock people out, but it is like slow kill knockouts though. It's like like yeah, it's he like, knocked out Junior Dos Santos. Right. It's a build up. He's knocked like, out Derek. He did knock out Derek Lewis. It's, it's kind of through attrition. Yeah. Right. Like it's not. The, I'm just gonna keep hitting. It's you not the one hit. You, you know, in. one punch power that Cy is talking about. It's like he just wears them down. And heavyweight, they, they got no gas. But but know? why doesn't Cy keep that energy for Adesanya? He loves his boy Adesanya. That's the biggest fighter in the UFC. Yeah. Apparently, this is the big. He's the biggest draw, and he's not knocking anyone out. Here's the thing, though. Like, like I said, though, it's not like heavyweights, right? Like he's heavyweights, you're expecting to see a he's not a heavyweight. A heavyweight fight, you're expecting to see a knockout by a fat guy. Like that's just the way it is. Or a guy who's absolutely jacked out of his mind, like Francis Ngannou. Like those guys, you'd love to see get in there and just rip people's heads off in the heavyweight class. So you draw the line at light heavyweight. The light heavyweight, yeah, you have to be banging. So light heavyweight, you have they to be, go in there, no regard. You got to bang. I, I agree. Like you go back to the Chuck Liddells and the Tito Ortizes, but. Um, and not even saying that, like, you can be a technician, you know, you can be a Frank Mir at the heavyweight division, just make the fight interesting. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't do that for me. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. With that being said, you think he probably rolls tie here? Kills him. Yeah. I think he kills him. I want to see a shoey so bad, though. Can you yeah. imagine a shoey, like, in this crowd is going to be electric, like, 
He beats oh, the man. Home, he beats the hometown hero and then does a shoey in their face. Oh, I love that'd be it. Oh my amazing. god! I mean, yeah, that. You've got to love Ty Tuivas. I mean, the guy's on a five-fight win streak after losing three straight and nearly being cut by the UFC. I mean, the just the progression from what he's done in his time. He's only 29 years old. He's a fan favorite. I mean, mm-hmm. we love to watch him fight. I mean, him and Derek Lewis in that last fight, you know, they banged. And like I said, I'm a big Derek Lewis guy, and he went out on his shield. But Ty Tuivasa, you know what's funny? That, like, that man does not get knocked out. Like that, no. this man is tough as hell. Like he took bombs from Derek Lewis. The reason why he didn't get, or the only reason why Derek Lewis lost is because Ty took every single bomb that Derek Lewis mm-hmm. had for him, and then he just gave it. Oh, back. he landed. Oh, he landed clean. Yeah, yeah he landed. And it he, was, and he was rocked, and he was wild, but he never went out. He didn't out like no one like he but, didn't outfight him, right? You know, like, and I just, love, yes, I love him. I love those fights when it's like you're not even paying attention to who won the rounds. Because oh you're like, it someone's matter. dying. It doesn't matter <laughs> who got wobbled more yeah. is like you think it won that round or lost that yeah. round. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, I mean, I love Ty Tuivasa. I mean, I really love the shoe. I love the personality in the UFC. Um, but ultimately, I think this fight's going to go very similar to the Derek Lewis fight, unfortunately. Cyril Gaon is that guy. He is just very technical. Unless he fights, again, in Nganu or probably a Curtis Blades who will be yeah. his next Curtis matchup. Curtis Blades is a good matchup. I like that. Yeah, that will more than likely be this his next matchup for the belt. Um, you know, he's going to beat Aspinall. those guys. Yeah, Aspinall. Aspinall's going to be out for a while, though. Right, but when he comes back. Stipe. Yeah. Stipe would be a good fight Ooh, for him. Stipe. I like, yeah, I like, I like the, that fight. I like that fight. So there are, I like there, that fight a lot. There are UFC heavyweights, again, that can match Cyril Gaon. He's been given... I'm not saying an easy road because he he beat Volkov. You know, he's beaten guys like he beat Derek Lewis at the time, yeah. you know, was the number one guy. Like, yeah. you know, he's he's paid his dues, but I do think there are challenging matchups for Cyril Gaon. I just don't think Ty Tuivas is that guy. I mean, if you, I mean, in looking at the Ngannou game fight, like if he's proven anything, he's going to stay out of harm's way and lose a decision. Yeah. If And, and I'm not that I think that's what happened with Tua, but... Um, I, I can see that. Right I there. can. There's also a world where I see Tuivasa, like, because Derek Lewis is more of a counter striker. Like, he's gonna see his openings yeah. and explode, kind of like what he did with you know Curtis yeah. Blades. He sure. landed the uppercut from hell. And it's like there's a world where Ty Tuivasa is gonna come forward and like keep coming forward, and he's gonna yeah, say he like will. he's gonna say like I don't care to get hit. Like Derek Lewis did not like getting hit by Cyril Gaon. You know he hated he did, he was like in kickboxing range the whole time didn't mm-hmm. pressure him and he, that's why I ended up losing like there's a world where I think Tai Tuivasa or he, I, there is the world where I think he will pressure him and Cyril Gaon is going to get you know a little bit more in his face than I think he's accustomed to which I think is going to cause him challenges but ultimately he's going to take care of business I think yeah, he's got to cut off the cage and, and, yeah. and keep it tight uh, but yeah I, I agree I think I think game wins I think the two and a half is an interesting bet the over it's interesting because I I I'm, if you believe in game, I'm pretty confident Tui Voss is going to last two and a half rounds. Yeah, if he can take those bombs from Lewis. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna wear these. I yeah. mean, I think Derek Lewis went to the fourth, maybe. Like, Did you say it was plus money at two and a half? No, it's only 135. It's it's minus 135. That just shows that they just have no faith that Ty's going to knock him out. But. Yeah, we'll see. But I mean, yeah, minus 550. Is this a parlayable piece for you here? I think it kind of is, honestly. <sighs> I think the over is more. I think the the over really? is more of a parlay piece than uh, see, gone. Yeah, the over kind of scares me. I don't. I'm probably. It's not worth it to me. Yeah, five fifty. I'm not, probably staying away from this. Not fight Not worth in general, the parlay yeah. because I, I do think that Ty can 
can land. I, and I do think he well, can. Well, he can, land. yeah, he can so, clip them. And so, I, 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 for that money, I'm. But the I only know. thing we have, I'm not seen. letting Ty knock someone out, watch him do a shoey, and that ruined my parlay. Yeah, that ruins your parlay and your money. Yeah, uh, that would hurt. Right. Yeah. That hurts so fucking bad. All right, but, you know, another exciting weekend of UFC fights. We're here for the bets and all the money, so let us know what you think. All right, moving into the NFL. Um, not much really going on. Obviously, we're at the last week of uh, preseason and training camp. Um, some big cuts have come through, but let's talk about the biggest news that came in this week. Jimmy G ends up staying and restructuring his contract to become the 49ers backup quarterback here. I'm obviously a 49er fan. I have a few thoughts on this. What do you guys think? Yeah, so I've actually done a lot of research based on this and kind of seeing, like, why they – I mean, really want to dive into why they're doing it, right, and why Jimmy's doing it. And I kind of looked at a few different things, and um, basically what I've gotten from it is no one was comfortable enough making this trade up to this point because of the shoulder, and now we're so close to season. No one wanted to take on the contract. So they're basically buying time, you know – to trade him if they want to trade him past the deadline. So, yes, it's a little strange that he restructured from his contract to only make, you know, the five, six million that he disagreed to um, and be a backup. But inevitably, it's just delaying the time for him to go to a new, new place and it'll probably be next year now. Um, my thoughts on it is I don't like it for the 49ers perspective because Trey Lance has a bad quarter, has a bad half they're going to be calling for his head, throw Jimmy in there. Um, you look at the success of all these young quarterbacks that get the reins and they move on from the veteran. Um, they ship those guys out of town. And I think you kind of need to do that. If you're going to go all in on Trey Lance, you know, you look at the Brett Favre was gone. Uh, you look at Alex Smith in Kansas city, they shipped him away or Alex Smith in San Francisco. <laughs> they shipped him away. So or Alex Smith, uh, I know. <laughs> oh, or Alex Smith, was but, win. <laughs> yeah. So I think you gotta, you gotta let him, develop and struggle and not have you know a very good winning okay i don't know very good but a winning quarterback on the bench interesting interesting take so normally i would agree with that um however this is a little bit different in my opinion because jimmy g has been the niners quarterback yeah and now he's being replaced by Mm -hmm. the new up-and-comer who, correct me if I'm wrong, the fan base is a whole lot more excited about than Jimmy oh, yeah. G. Right? Like, like Jimmy G isn't a fan favorite. Not for his on-the-field stuff. Correct. Right? Uh, lots of people have asserted, and, and granted, he's won, right? But that they could have done better, right? Right. That's so, the perception. So, to me, though, the worry about those voices calling in the back when Trey has a bad game, bad mm-hmm. quarter, whatever... They're not going to be there because the image of Jimmy G is still too fresh in their minds. So I don't see them for one this first year. That's why I think it's one year. It's probably fine. I don't see them clamoring to throw Jimmy back in because Trey had a bad game. Yeah. Because they want to see him. Mm-hmm. It was the opposite last year. They wanted Trey in the game. Yeah. And they saw him and they're like, oh, he's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I don't know that I think that. Just with the sentiment that the fan base has for Jimmy, that they're that they're that's that's their savior. Like put mm-hmm. Jimmy back in. That's yeah. what we need. Yeah. Slow and steady. You know. So I, I actually think it's a win-win for the Niners. They have probably, in my opinion, the best backup QB in the league now. Yeah. Uh, at least at least the most dependable one, mm-hmm. uh, which I like. 
And I actually think uh, a second part to this is it gives them more trade leverage. So, because up until this point, there was like, I'm sure there were some teams calling, but they felt like, well, you, you'll move him because mm-hmm. you have to, you yeah. know? Well, now they just signed a contract, and I think he's the highest paid backup QB now. Yeah, which still isn't, you Nothing know. crazy, right? Yeah. But it shows that they're a, at least uh, putting value in him. Mm-hmm. And so now when they pick up the phone, when someone goes down midway through the year. Well, exactly, and that's going to be my there's, point. Now there's is, leverage How now. many times have we seen a starting QB go down yeah. early in the season, and they're like, fuck, and now our season's over. And so now when you have Jimmy G sitting on the bench and someone calls, now they're going to be like, well, well, hold on. Yeah. This is. We're this, willing to talk. This is our insurance policy, so if you want to take him from us, you're going to have to pony up. Yeah. Whereas before, it's the shoulder, it's you guys don't want him anyway, and now mm-hmm. I think that that changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I do actually think it's a win-win with them now. Obviously, they risk losing him for nothing, but I don't yeah. know that they what they what they were really going to get for him. Mm-hmm. So I actually like it for the Niners as long as mentally they believe Trey can handle it. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that a lot. I like that you know from the trade perspective because my biggest fear is that we were going to get nothing from a guy that's taken us to you know a super bowl and two nfc championship games you know a guy that's proven winner and i want value i'm always on the side of you know getting draft picks and building your franchise from a guy like that so for me i was just really upset that we weren't going to get anything but now i'm looking at the perspective of yes now we have again the best backup quarterback in the nfl and also a guy that we know can win and we know we know can handle this offense and be a guy for us. So um, I'm positive, but I also do like that perspective as well. It's like we still could get value halfway through mm-hmm. if Trey Lance is the guy, which, you know, we all hope he is. Um, for me, as far as the psychological aspect, I think Shanahan, Lynch and the fan base have made it very clear that Trey Lance is the guy regardless. Yeah. I think they've I made agree. that extremely clear. So. Even if Trey Lance does struggle, I don't think they're going to be getting a lot of pushback because we're so all in on Trey Lance at this point. I mean, again, we're talking three first round draft picks, you know, all the confidence in the world. I mean, people are saying he's like the next fucking Pat Mahomes, which I don't agree with. But like there is so much hype on this guy right now. Like, well, it's going to be really easy, right? If he goes out and he lights it up early. Yeah. But if he comes out and he starts slow and the record is like one in three and he has a lot of interceptions and some fumbles and he's just not very having a good start. I think that's where that blowback comes because it's the same roster essentially that, you know, Jimmy went to that. Yeah. Yes. So that's where that blowback's going to come. And, you know, the only way it doesn't come is if Trey Lance starts the season off well or adequate or shows those flashes that everyone's been saying that we're going to get with him. Mm -hmm. If we don't get that early, and they start losing some games that they're supposed to win early in that season, trust me, there's going to be heat. And whatever guy it is, it's whether it's Shanahan, that's the Trey Lance guy, uh, it's going to be from Lynch, who's the Jimmy guy, or vice versa. Because one of them likes Jimmy and one of them likes Trey Lance. We know that. Yeah. Like We know that from history, right? So I think it works out really well if Trey Lance comes out and lights the world on fire or does just okay and, like I said, shows those flashes. But if they struggle – uh, I, I just don't see how they're not yeah. looking at Jimmy like, hey, this guy's here. No, it's interesting. If they do I, that. It seems like Shanahan has been the Jimmy guy, too. Um, but I, I do think that's interesting because then you put in, let's say it's a down year. I mean, they could resign Jimmy. So that's what I was going to get at, though. So in, in my opinion, so like if they get if that, that scenario happens that CY is talking about where it's like, hey, Trey's 
we're, we're, we're you know yeah, quarter we're way worried. through the season. Yeah, we're and worried. This is real bad. Um, and they so they and this make, is a roster that should win. This is a this is an NFC Championship roster. Yeah, right. Uh, by a lot of people's standards, mm-hmm. if if not you know what we did last year. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so if it gets to four games and it's and it's looking pretty ugly, so you know they decide to make the change to Jimmy G. You're also you're also completely now selling Trey Lance. You're, you you have to be full full sale right because what are you gonna you're gonna do this again next year yeah no way well so, that that's the pressure that's where the pressure comes into my mind because he is a rookie and those rookie mistakes are gonna happen like if you give if you said right now that Trey Lance is gonna have a Zach Wilson 2021 easy, right there was easy. a lot of show <laughs> but I mean there was promise there though right sure but it, he wasn't winning he didn't have a lot of expectations. If he puts up those numbers, yeah. how do the Niners fans react? Well, if if he you know? puts up the numbers that Zach Wilson did with the team that he has, yeah, that's a problem. Uh, I don't know that they're directly comparable with with the Jets roster. We were basically, you know, uh, what's that? Uh, I I agree with that, and I think they take well, Shanahan is a great offensive mind, and I think you know he eliminates him to really struggle. But I think there, I think that when there's a guy in the passenger seat looking at you saying been here done that you know it would be a lot easier and a lot less pressure on trey lance and the organization if jimmy wasn't in the building it's interesting i mean you you drafted trey lance in our fantasy league so you must have some some thought that he's going to be successful this season i just think he has an ability that jimmy didn't have and that's why they're going with him right he has ability to run the football he has ability to make the big play well um, he's an athletic freak so you, i take that risk in fantasy as a backup because yeah he could be like a guy what, so what do you think because like and, and granted like i don't watch every 49ers game but kevin maybe you can answer this better what did jimmy do that was so impressive that we're like real afraid that shanahan can't scheme and and offered and that like like Trey can't do because the games that I watch right like I don't want to say Jimmy's not turnover prone because it's all makes some pretty bad turnovers at times yeah um, didn't make a ton of them granted mm-hmm. but like what was Jimmy doing what throws was he making what reads was he making that were like hey that was impressive that we think I'll let, Trey can't do it like I'll I, let I don't, Kim answer but here's here's my thought process on it and I think it's almost identical to the Kansas City situation with the Mahomes and Alex Smith. The the mind of Andy Reid and the mind of Shannon, Kyle Shanahan are elite. Like, they're elite-level coaches. They know how to coach an offense better than anyone, right? So when you have a guy in there who knows the system so well, like an Alex Smith or a Jimmy G, and they can almost perfect the system, then it makes it a lot easier on the head coach. It makes it a lot, a lot easier, and you're going to win a lot of games, right? Now you take him out. Now you're taking that risk of, okay, if a guy can run the offense to the same capacity but has an athletic ceiling that's much higher, now it's when you get I Patrick get Mahomes it. and you get the Kansas City Chiefs. I get it, but I also don't know that they're comparable in the sense the Chiefs asked Alex Smith to do a whole lot more than the Niners asked Jimmy to do. Yeah. And uh, well, and I mean, Alex Smith performed. Uh, remember, and Alex Smith's a better quarterback than Jimmy G. Remember, the Chiefs also had Jamal uh, Charles back then. Like They did run the shit out of the football back then. Like They were still a good football team there. Sure, too. but... I they didn't have a good enough. They didn't. They didn't have the defense the Niners have. Smith was know. like a borderline MVP candidate. Oh, I don't know about. I mean, oh, we'll look he was, it up. In, in, me, I like Alex Smith. I like he, Alex. He had a good, Did he throw like three picks the entire year? No, you know, he never threw picks. Yeah, he, he and he had like twenty five plus touchdowns. And he could run. No, he was a he's a great quarterback. And I, 
Yeah, there's truth to I, that. I mean, that's stretching it. They were the same guy to me. What Jimmy, Jimmy, G, G, and Jimmy G and Alex Smith are the same guy. Oof, that's close. And, and I don't think. Also, I don't know that you can compare them because Patty Mahomes and Trey Lance are not the same guy no, either. That's different. So I mean, I get what you're where uh, you're coming from. What do you mean? Jimmy Adam? G went to the Super Bowl. Oh my God! Oh, Jimmy G went to. Yeah. Jimmy Wait. G took a team to the Super Bowl. Yes. Like, Jimmy G, again, we, we don't need to get into this. Jimmy G did not take, just because he was the quarterback doesn't mean he took them to the Super he's Bowl. He's a winner. He's a winner. He, that's what he great. does, he's he is, a winner. He he's he's a, a winner. winner. I'm not a Jimmy G apologist. I don't no. want to get into that. But he hated Jimmy G. Now all of a sudden he likes it. I do. No, I'm just saying, like, I just don't like the move of them keeping him around. Yeah, well, just real quick, just because oh, I wanted to say, we ask, so ask and we shall receive. So it was 2017 season, right? The Alex Smith threw for over 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, five picks. That's on the Chiefs. That's on the Chiefs. Yeah, solid. It's a good year. That's, it's a good year. That's that's more than solid. Yeah, no, I like mean, Jimmy doesn't have those numbers. Jimmy doesn't have those yeah. numbers. I, I I I I get the I get relating them. I just don't know that they're that relatable. I think that's like uh, Jimmy G and Trey on steroids. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Mahomes, yeah, it's it's crazy. But um, for me, the difference between Jimmy G and, I mean, Trey 20, Lance. 20, and just for record, uh, Jimmy G, 20 picks, or 20 TDs, 12 picks last year. Yeah. 3,800 yards. No, he throws more picks. He, he does throw more picks, but between the numbers is where Jimmy G, like, excels. Sure. And that's He's where. He's a good quarterback. And, and that's where we dominate with, like, the Debo's, the Kittles, mm-hmm. the juice checks. Like, that was when our offense was, like, West Coast flying on all cylinders. And, like, that's how we were successful. And that's where I don't know if Trey Lance is going to hit that Debo crossing route consistently. You know? Can he hit? No, I- but he's going to hit. Yes. He's going to hit Ayuk down the seam He's going to take the IU outside the yeah. numbers. He's going to throw those balls, which Jimmy, not that he can't do it. It's just that just wasn't the style. He can do it. He did it in the NFC Championship game. I watched it. Like, he could do it. It's just not what we did regularly. Mm-hmm. He, it may, maybe Trey Lance is better than him at that. Maybe not. We'll see. This is all projection. For me, like I said, the consistency of what Jimmy has done and proven is that we can win with him. He can take us to an NFC Championship game and get us to the big dance and almost win a damn Super sure. Bowl. It's, it's, so, for me, it's like... It's higher ceiling, lower floor, right? Like exactly. That's, that's all we're really talking about. So and it, and it better be a higher ceiling. Yeah. That's it. He has to meet it. I agree. But if you're, yeah. it, but if you're not willing to roll that dice, then you're forever rolling with Jimmy. Or do you? I mean, they don't think he's that guy. So they I don't, don't think so. Or if Lynch they don't, doesn't. If they don't think he's that guy, if you don't think Jimmy G can be the quarterback of a Super Bowl winning team, which I don't know that anybody here thinks that he can. Mm-hmm. See why? Do you think he he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Um, he's not. A te- he's not a guy you build your team around. No. So so if he's not that guy, then what are you really risking here? If you're the Niners. Like you, 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 you. What are you really with risking? Because you're, you're, you're finding out if well, wait, this next guy is that guy. You're risking the fact that Jimmy did take us there. But again, take us there is a bold move. I understand that, but he was the quarterback of a team that got there and almost won that game. Uh, versus going to a quarterback that is going to make potentially more mistakes, but, and not allow us to even be in that situation. I, but I get what Garrett's saying. I get what Garrett's saying, and what are you are like. Regardless, you're What's risking risk? your job by yes. going with What's Trey the Lance. risk if he's not going to win it the, anyway? I the risk is is the extra added element of pressure on Trey Lance. Sure. That's essentially all it is. Yeah. Is Trey Lance feeling that there's a guy with success breathing down my neck, mm-hmm. and maybe he's not really essentially breathing down my neck, but they're in the same QB room every single day. And I think that it could have been avoided if you got rid of him. Yeah. So now he's going to be there. They're going to say the right things. I just think that's an unnecessary 
problem to have in yeah, the locker a lot of Jimmy G jerseys. Like, so like Shana, we still love Jimmy G. Shanahan has to, I'm sure he already has, and it may have to be repeated to CY's point, but there has to be a, hey, you're our guy. You are yeah. our guy. We're not changing. Go do you. Don't worry about making a mistake. Mm-hmm. You're not coming out. You're our guy. And yeah. if as long as that conversation is consistent and Trey believes it, then there's no issue, right? Uh, now, Agreed. it's just can a second-year quarterback believe that? All right. Let's move on. A lot of conversations there. I love it. A lot of Niner stuff. Um, moving on to uh, the Raiders. Release Alex Leatherwood, who was literally their first-round draft pick in 2021. I mean, talk about a complete misfire. I mean, we talk about the last three draft picks or three draft classes of first-round picks for the Raiders. See, why do you have that tweet you sent me earlier? Yeah, I actually just had it right here. And it's, um, yeah, tell us. Three. 2021, you have Alex Leatherwood, who just got waived yep. after one season. Uh, 2020, you have Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett. Both you know, both waived after yeah what both they in did. Jail. Yeah, both in jail. Yeah. Um, Raiders. 2019. Twenty nineteen, Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Abram, all fifth year options with a you know first round pick. You get a fifth year option. All declined. Not to mention uh, Trayvon Mullen traded today, two thousand twenty one, and then he had some productivity uh, from that class. So you know it just closes the book on the on the Mayock and Gruden eras where it was just absolute dumpster fires in the draft, and that was you know Mayock was. The draft guy. He was supposed to be he was the every dude. single combine. Yeah, I think it's everyone. I, I don't everyone. I, not that I don't think that they missed on some of their draft picks. Obviously they did. Mm-hmm. I also think that there you have to talk about coaching a little bit. And you have to talk about culture and, and how much that's affecting these guys' ability because you look at Leatherwood at Alabama, mm-hmm. the guy was an absolute stud yeah, on it that. Didn't line. Have a problem there. And he was good amongst other good O linemen. Yeah. Right? Like he looked good in perspective you know to those other i mean yeah like you could say it was a reach at the time which it was but but he still was he wasn't gonna get out of the second round no he should still be a starter yeah in the league at the very least rotational spot Mm -hmm. right like yeah but at the same time you know i I get what you're saying with that but i think it's more of a draft like these guys were reaches in the draft like well even feral feral was was in app huge reach huge reach had a good rookie year with you no I thought Clown Farrell, I thought that pick at four was a good pick. He I was, was such a You're the only monster. one in the country. He was such no a monster draft team. You know why it was a reach? Whether he was a monster or not, you didn't have to pick him there. He was still going to be available well, you're, later. No, you're, he was going to yes. go like he was going right. to go like 12. But like you had Josh Allen, the guy on the Jags, who... If, but he, if he's your guy, trade back. Get an extra pick and maybe. then pick him at 10. Yeah, maybe. You know? No, I'm fine with that. I, I feel the same way, but... Quillen Farrell at the time, man, like that Clemson D line and how he sure. were, he stood out on that team. He had a, he had a pretty good rookie season, he didn't was, he? No, he wasn't bad. It's just Max Crosby's outperformed him. So that's been the problem. So while I do think that there was some, the misses, problem is he sucks. He does not suck. At pick four, let's just look at the picks one behind him. Right, I have it pulled up right here. It's kind of a down draft deep, the, too. Side note, he was so Bosa went in the second. He was the only defensive end drafted ahead of him. Both. Okay. Oh, second overall. Okay, yes, second overall. So was third, bro- was well, I don't remember who three was, but doesn't didn't uh, Daniel Jones go four or something like that? Uh, Cleveland Farrell went four. Devin White went five. Seven. Daniel Jones went six. There you go. Josh Allen seven. T.J. Hawkinson eight. Devin Bush ten. Like those are all, you know, Jonah Williams eleven. Not a Rashawn Gary like 
Those are all starters still in this league. Like Rashawn Gary doing well for the Yeah, I, I I don't think that Farrell's not a starter on some teams though. I mean, he's not even I, oh, on he's the not. anymore. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I, maybe this I think, year, but I think I mean, I think what I'm saying is I think he could start on other teams. Oh, he could. Right. Yeah, like he can go to the Giants. I'm sure be a starter so I, or some shit. All like I'm saying, but the only point I was making is, look, I'm not saying that they hit on all their draft picks or anything like that. I also think that their draft picks weren't god awful. They weren't nearly as bad as the Patriots last few years draft picks until maybe this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's hard. Oh, just because off field stuff, it's hard to say. But you know, they passed on Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons went 19. Yeah, so did 18 yeah, yeah, yeah. other teams. Exactly, and that's so, another point. Like a lot of 18 other teams also passed on Simmons, and like. But here's the jo- thing. Here's Josh the thing, Jacobs, right? yes, they declined his fifth year option, but Josh Jacobs has been a very good, good running pick. back. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been productive. I have no problem with him. He's had some health injuries. But then, like but here, Abrams, health issues. Abrams health issues. Been, Abrams been hurt basically mm-hmm. his whole career. Abrams is terrible. He can't cover anyone. <laughs> well, he's a linebacker. He can safety. Yes, exactly. And here's the thing, though. Like, this is why there's so much. I mean, Kevin, this is go back, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but this is going to go back to the same fucking argument that we have all the time is you have that draft capital, right? And you have all these guys, you know, you trade Cleo Mack for those three picks in one round. You got to hit him. You don't hit. You got to hit him. You don't hit him, then this shit happens, and it's going to be in a microscope. But, and but look, yes, at, look at this. 18 other teams. Put, Think about this big picture, though, CY. Where are the Bears right now in comparison to the, where the Raiders are? No, they were both dumpster fires. I'm not no, arguing Raiders that. Raiders are a playoff team. Bears are yeah, a okay. I, yes, but they're not because they're not a playoff team because of the way they drafted. No, they're but, team. but they're also a playoff team. But yes, with good decision making, Derek say, Carr, the same personnel, making free decisions. agencies. But also, yeah, they did trades. draft, but they made good decisions late. They got Max Crosby in like the fifth. They got Nate Hobbs, their number one corner, like in the sixth. Like they've made other good draft picks along the way. They have. Their first round they... draft picks have been dumpster fires. I'm not saying that, but there have right. been other decisions that have been made that have been successful for them. What's more impressive, hitting on a fifth and sixth rounder or missing on a first? What's more impressive? Yeah. Oh, you got hitting on a fifth or sixth. That's tough to do sometimes. Like, is like, it harder to miss on a first or hit on a sixth? Hit on a sixth. Hit on the exactly. sixth. Exactly. Hit on so, six. so by that. Logic. Mayock's a guy. Mayock's not a bad, May- bad at drafting. Mayock's legit, <laughs> right? But he's hit what one six? Like he hit one six. Well, I mean, uh, you know that one Max six, Miller's Max a dude Crosby. who's a first rounder. Yeah. Who? Max Crosby oh, was yeah. the only one. No, that he, Colton Miller, their, their tackle. Colton Miller, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, he was a first rounder though. Yeah, you see, he was a first rounder. Yeah. But. I yeah. think he's an average draft. Like, I mean, you get you could look at a lot of teams' drafts over the last solid start. A lot one. of people miss a lot. No, people do miss. But CY's point is that, like, if you're going to give up or you're going to give up Cleo Mack and receive. Oh, I agree with this. You 100%. need to hit those. Picks. I agree with him. 100%. And, I, and, and I'm and I'm all in on that. But I also yeah. think in the long run, I would say that the Raiders probably won that trade in a weird way, considering because there's, you know, Josh Jacobs was a big part of that success. Colton Miller was a big part of that success. You know, like I, I don't I don't know if I say they won. They both. I think it's even like what they both went to a playoff one playoff. Yeah, game. but who's built for success right see, now? See why I think they both lost. Well, that's because the quarterback. That's because <laughs> so, the quarterback. That's all it is. So they just should have washed. They should have just released both. Yeah, I think it's picks. I think it's a wash. Yeah, I think it's a wash. See why I love it, dude. You're my half-empty guy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get into week zero of college football. Before we get into week one, let's talk what we saw from week zero, and I think the obviously biggest storyline from what we saw is Nebraska. Yep. I mean, a team that CY and I both had very high expectations for going to the season. I mean, not to the sense that they were going to like 
you know, beat Ohio State or anything like that. But I thought this was a legitimate team that I thought could compete for the um, Big Ten West side of the uh, conference. And they just lay, I mean, I don't know if laying an egg is the right word for it, but I mean, they they lost. They lost to Northwestern in a game where they were favored by 13 points and uh, just couldn't get it done. Did you guys watch the game? Yeah. Yeah. See why you watch it? Yeah, I watched, uh, I watched most of it. You yeah. were you were having a baby at the time. Yeah. Uh, it was before the baby, so I had a little bit of time to watch it. I've obviously had a lot of time to watch highlights. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, watching it, uh, Nebraska came out looked good. Dude, right? that first, first drive. drive? First Ooh. drive, we were all You're like, like hey. minus 13, <laughs> no a, problem. They got a team. Right? They got a squad over here. Yeah. Uh, and then what I felt like you proceeded to see for the rest of the game was not so much the better team. But gosh damn, did Scott Frost get out coached? Mm. In my, uh, yeah. uh, well, Patrick Fitzgerald's, you know, he's a, good a coach. very good coach. Absolutely. He's a very good coach. H- absolutely. See why I, ne- I really need to talk shit on you real quick. I fucking God texted damn. you and the group, and you know what I'm going to say. I texted everyone that I know. morning. I know. And I you said, did. Northwestern is never bad back to back years. They're a good program. Fitzgerald no, it's true. Is a, Fitzgerald is a great coach. A really good coach. His team is never bad back-to-back years. They're actually good but every other year. In fairness, in fairness, came work Texas that morning. Northwestern might be the play. Yeah, I said But it, in, in, in fairness, fucking came work does this every week where it's like he's high on the team. Hold high, on. high, high. Well, okay. Locked in on a band. And then like last minute, he's like, well, maybe not. Well, like well, he does his shit was, all the time. I'm logical. Did you, did you, so did you bet on that game? <laughs> yes. What were your bet? What was your bet? Nebraska. You took them. Well, let me finish because I texted the group and <laughs> I said, just saying, and I was like, money guys, where your mouth is. I was so. like, guys, Northwestern plus 13. Like, I'm telling you, Fitzgerald, <laughs> they're, they're good. Like, and I don't know anything else about them other than Holinsky's their quarterback. And I like Pat Fitzgerald. And Dude, Holinsky tore it up. And I, th- and I was just like, and I think that might be the play. Yeah. And CY responds with, here fucking K-more goes, overthinking fucking week zero college football again. Here we fucking go. And he's like, don't be a dumbass. Don't overthink it. Bet Nebraska. So what do I do? Bet Nebraska. See, well, how pumped are I you am. watching that? Hey, but how many too. bets have how many bets have I won you by telling you, hey, go with your gut, go with the initial thought, and like, yeah. yeah, you're right. And no, you ult- go ultimately, it is better to go with you know how yes. you feel, and that was definitely a a fear move by me to say Nebraska or sure. Northwestern. In hindsight, you know, hindsight's always the best. Yeah, but to me, in that, that moment, yeah, ugh. yeah, I just. But you think it was the outcome? You thought he got outcoached. I think so. I really do. Yeah. You saw Nebraska had speed. They had talent on the field. Um, the they, better playmakers. They did. But so to for me, and it has nothing to do with the onside kick. I mean, the onside kick was stupid. Yeah. Of it course. was stupid. But for me, the biggest difference was Northwestern just bullied Nebraska they just in the trenches. Just discipline. Yeah, and they, they definitely beat him up in the trenches. They but I think up. that's a mental game, again, because I think that's... No, but it was also physical because, like, well, I, they were running it down their dick. Yeah, and I think a part of that becomes... Part of that's coaching, right? Like No, yeah, I, I mean, right? preparation and coaching. Well, even in-game, mm-hmm. right? The ability to not connect with your guys and get in their head and let them To know, make it hey, a fucking hey, adjustment. Hey, we're, we're Nebraska. Yeah, I we're, think we're Northwestern here. ran for over 300 yards right. in this game. We're, we're here to fuck these guys up. Mm-hmm. And and instead, you got them getting run over with their tail between their legs. Like yeah. To me, yeah, the player's got to play. Coach has got to coach, too. And and I don't know. To me, I think Scott Frost's seat getting real hot. Oh, it's fucking real in hot. fuego. Yeah. Uh, if I'm if I'm watching that, I'm, I'm, I'm upset. If I'm, uh, if I'm a 
booster if i'm oh. you know like to me that's that's more on the coach well i said person. at halftime i was like even before all the jokes and the memes came out i was literally like i don't think scott frost is gonna make it back to the united states yeah like nebraska's boosters half of them were there there were so many nebraska fans there yeah. and for them to get yeah. it, I, I, I don't think embarrassed is the right word but for them to lose like they lost like they lost every single game last year yeah. within a score hey we've seen this Fuck. right we've seen this script yeah i know like, what scott frost can do at yeah, this point he yeah. does this cool he keeps games close and then we lose like <laughs> we well, I, great like I, i've seen two like two ideas on this and i, what's I your, agree what's with both your of them. idea um one is if scott frost never won a national title at nebraska he would have been fired a long time ago which is Absolute oh, fair point as a, as a quarterback, as a player. Okay, as, if he didn't, he wasn't the quarterback of a national title-winning team. He would have been fired as a head coach a long time ago. Okay, which is fair, which is very fair. The other thing is, is you brought a guy in who brought who built a very good FCS or non-power five team, right? Not FCS, but non-power five team. You you, you put together a very good roster at a non-power five. Mm-hmm. He essentially put together a very good non-power five roster at Nebraska, and he did the same exact thing. And you know, I, I've been the Scott Frost guy and apologist, and I, I'm not pressing the panic button on the team whatsoever. But I'm really, really down on Scott Frost after this game, and I, I just think it's you know we're giving him too much leeway because he was an alumni and because he cares so much about the program. Doesn't make him a good head coach, and he's kind of showing that more and more every week and every time loses to a team you shouldn't lose to well and i think that's the point right there that you just said they should not have lost this football game like no. for everyone watching that game it was very obvious that nebraska had the better team and the better players right i mean that first half i swear it felt like nebraska should have been up by three scores i mean the turnovers and i mean like i said northwestern just being able to control the football and holinsky played a hell of a game he did so but, but like it felt to me like nebraska was for sure the better team uh, absolutely that whole game they now, always felt more dangerous right yeah now moving forward for nebraska i mean i i'm with you also i'm not ready to hit the panic button on them but um you know it. that that fuse that fuse is close what what's uh so see why what do you think what does scott frost have to do this year to keep his job eight wins eight wins he needs eight wins he needs eight wins minimum. So Anything less, he's gone. Anything more, he's safe. Eight is like borderline. Eight is borderline. So I'm looking at their schedule right now. They got obviously Northwestern loss. Uh, North Dakota. Yeah, God help him if he don't make it past they that. Need to then win that football game. <laughs> Fuck. Then he doesn't make it a week three. Uh, so they got. North- they'll, they'll win the next two before they get to Oklahoma. Yeah, then they're gonna lose to Oklahoma, and that uh, they'll be two and two. Indiana. I mean. They should. They should beat them. I think. I think that. I mean, they should beat Northwestern. So, uh, I mean, I think that that's not a gimme. Interesting game potentially. Rutgers should win. Should win. But I, I actually think Rutgers might be close game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's say they split those games, right? Sure. Win one, lose one. So it's now like four and four now. Like no, four and three. Uh, let's see. Oh and one, two and one, two and two, three and three. Okay. Going into Purdue. Fuck loss. I think they lose that game. I'm big on Purdue this year. Three and four, Illinois. That's a tough game too. Uh, that's a tough game too. Yeah. I'd say win because they might have better athletes. I think they win. I uh, think they win. They... Four and four. Yeah. Minnesota. Ugh, tough lose. game. I think they lose that and game. They, and he's fired there. Four and five. Yeah, I think he's, he's fired there. And he's I fired, think he's fired there. there. But it gets worse. Four and five. Yeah. 
Michigan. Yeah, he's fired. He's gone. Four and six. Yeah, he's gone. It's sometime Wisconsin. In he's fired. Four and seven. Iowa. Fired. Four and eight. Like, I don't see a route. I don't see a route at all that Scott Frost makes either. it through the season. So, if. And here's. Go ahead, Kmore, because I got a, I got a theory on this, and I want to talk about this. Cause we have, no, all I'm going to oh, say is that, yeah, once they hit that, like, four or five loss mark, and it's in October because they restructure his contract and his buyout's a lot um, more financially kind of manageable for the University of Nebraska, he's gone. Yeah. If, they, if they're at that I, point dude, in October. They got a tough stretch their last it. three games. I mean, they've yeah. got to go into those last game three games. You know, And that's my problem is, like, last year when they competed, they lost by a field goal to Michigan. A playoff team they competed and lost by a field goal to oklahoma like he's doing it against the best teams but he's not beating the teams and like beating the and winning the games he needs to win to me bad coaching is when you play up or like when you play down to the level yeah who you're playing like you have the ability to play up and down yeah. like that's that's coaching because the players have the ability to play up mm-hmm. the coaches have the ability to coach down in my opinion All right see why yeah I, I saw a stat the other day last thing i'll say and we actually have had a lot of nebraska fans um start following and listening to the podcast. So I, I appreciate that. But, you know, I saw a stat the other day that, you know, I don't like to pour alcohol on the wound, but if Scott Frost won his next 50 games, he would still have oh. a worse winning percentage than Bo Pelini, who they got rid of. And I think that's where Nebraska football is kind of, you know, taking a tailspin when they fired Bo Pelini because he had some success, success there and they envisioned their program being better than what it is. And well, being they more were, than what it is, they were good when Bo Pelina was there. Stat. Yeah, they were Taylor, fine. They were Taylor Martinez, Dominican Sue. Those were yeah. good football teams. I think they fired him when they when he was about eight and four. You know, and they didn't think that was good enough. Hey, they so, take eight and four right now. Well, they would. They would they're begging. <laughs> they take eight and four. Begging. And I actually, like I said, I think if they coach well, they should win a lot of those games that we talked about. They'll lose to Michigan and probably Oklahoma, but like. They should beat Illinois, like with Scott Foster or even Frost if they do. Well. Let's say they win all those games. Yeah, lose to Oklahoma, win all those games, lose to Michigan. They're probably going into that Michigan, Iowa. Um, they can beat Iowa this year. At the end of the year, Iowa. Yeah, because at the end of the year, Iowa doesn't scare me honestly. I think Nebraska can get better off this game. Sure. We're like, don't overreact to Week Zero. Don't overreact to week zero. Oh, you it's got it. Zero. Everyone overreacts. Yeah. I know. Point. I know. That's Everyone overreacts. That's the whole point of week so zero. If, if they're six and three going into, what do they got? They got Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. They're six and three. Let's, and that's if everything goes right, essentially. Fuck, yeah, that's hard. So let's say they do beat, you know, they win two of those three games. Then they're eight and four. Yeah. He saved his job. They beat Iowa and then they have to beat a Michigan or Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> Save his job. I'm not taking that money. I mean, I don't know, but like I said, I'm not ready because you know what? Casey Thompson looked good. Yeah, he did. You know, I mean, I mean, fuck the first half. I was like, fuck, Casey Thompson might be a Heisman. No, he looked looked really good. I was like, shit. But uh, he looked really good. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not ready to say that, but no, he did look good. You know, and like I said, with that offense and that offensive coordinator, which was odd, odd that Scott Frost went straight to the offensive coordinator saying that we need to be more creative on offense. Offense, that's a, that's offense a, wasn't the problem. That's a whole nother dynamic that's going to play out, right? Offense Scott was not Frost, the problem. For Scott Frost called plays last year, and this year he's turned it over. Mm-hmm. And when it's my job on the line, at what point do you say, uh, now I'm going to start taking Yeah, let's start pointing our fingers. And... I think they're 6-6 six and six this year. Which would which would lead him to get fired. Yeah, it's so. got to. But, um, but my other take is, like, let's not count out Northwestern not being a 
bad team this year. Yeah, that loss. No, might, I think they're going to be okay. That they're loss be might okay. not look terrible. Yeah, that but might that loss it, might not be bad. But that, for what it means for Scott Frost in Nebraska, doesn't really matter because mm-hmm. he's going to lose to Oklahoma. Right, a loss is a loss. To Wisconsin, 100%. He's going to lose to Michigan. You know, but don't look for you know Nebraska to be tough, tough team to beat this year. Like yeah. Wisconsin Northwestern, like that's going to be a tough game. Iowa Northwestern, that looks like a tough game now because Holinsky, you know, he can distribute the football, make the right decisions, sure. and they have a good run game. Yeah, and they're always going to have a tough defense. That's Northwestern. Yeah, and Pat Fitzgerald's always going to out coach everybody. So yeah, I really, you know what? Again, it might not be that bad of a loss. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Illinois takes care of Wyoming. I think that was a game we kind of thought might have been a little more competitive, but. <sighs> Brett Bielema and the Fighting Illini took care of business. Got to give CYS credit on this one because uh, last week... Yeah, he was I, all in on him. He was. Uh, he thought Illinois was going to win and and he thought that they were going to cover with, mm-hmm. with not too much difficulty. Did you say a late cover on that one or did you think that... Yeah, I, I, I had a late cover on it and yeah. you know the more, the more I looked into it throughout the week after we recorded, I didn't realize, you know, Wyoming was a fucking, you know, fire sale with, on the transfer portal. They lost everyone. So... You know, as it got closer to game time, started looking at it. I was like, I just say, I think it says more about Wyoming just losing all their guys and does it yeah. Illinois. I think Illinois is going to be better. I think they're coached well. Be the most fine, but uh, I think Wyoming is just not good this year. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that did that was uh, interesting. They did. So look to fade Wyoming basically the rest of the year. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> which, which brings us to our next fade of the season, uh, Hawaii. Oh, Yep. Getting, getting absolutely fucking hammered by I, Vanderbilt. I took an absolute L on this one. You took Hawaii? Yeah, if you guys remember, I was uh, I thought that Hawaii had the chance not just to cover, oh, but I, I thought Hawaii might outright. See, that, and that I was, liked it. I like in Hawaii. That was Mandy traveling chat. week zero. That crazy things chat. happen. All of our boys in our group chat were just like taking the Islanders. Let's go. Yeah, and let's uh, go, Bows. It was just an absolute massacre. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh I I mean I you I had cashed out on this one. You uh yeah, yeah no, you 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 had that. You both had that call. Yeah, no. Week. I I liked Vanderbilt and I actually think they looked a lot they looked improved. You know, I think uh, Clark Lee I love Clark Lee. I, I'm I not love, saying love I'm not saying he's it. building something at Vanderbilt, but they looked better. You know, they're definitely a team that it, they're not going to be a, you know, a rollover team and just put up 50 on us and go on to the next game like they're yeah. gonna fight this year so yeah. i'm excited to yeah. see that because vanderbilt because i always talk shit on the bottom half of the sec because again it it hasn't been good the last 10 years because of vanderbilt's and you know a lot of the other teams that they've had so it's notre dame south baby yeah exactly so um no I, I'm, I'm excited to see what vanderbilt can do this season maybe they're competitive in the sec maybe not i don't know was it was it uh was this like three years two years ago mm-hmm. vanderbilt was like four and oh going into the bama game probably when they, when they had uh Scott or not Scott Franklin, but uh, Franklin over at Penn State yeah. was their coach, and uh, no, they like, weren't bad. Yeah, they were like four and zero, and they I mean they hadn't beaten anybody. Yeah, but they were like four and zero going to the Bama game, and they released a like a you know a hype video, mm-hmm. and they were like, we, we want Bama. Yeah, like oh, we yeah. want them. Like they were like, oh, yeah. we're, we're 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 those guys. They're, we're the dogs. They're those guys this year. You know, like this team's. Real and it was like, and then they lost like. 52 to three yeah, or something get like that dominated like, oh man overreactions to week zero vandy wins the sec east <laughs> oh yeah that's the biggest over oh my god can we cut that out Jesus no. Christ. overreactions to week zero you gotta love them Jesus. Um, let's move on to kind of the news that we saw during this week and this one was just just comical i think it's just something that needs to be addressed in the college football world is that desmond howard's final four playoff bracket i mean I don't know if anyone has it pulled it up right now, but let me look it up right now. But it was just, I didn't listen to the actual take, 
Did anyone else actually listen to what I, I got? I said? got your four teams right now. All if right, you well, want, read them off. Okay, so uh, per Desmond Howard. Per Desmond Howard, yes. I want to make that very clear. I watched this live, by the way. Oh, okay, so you you got to experience it in real time. Uh, Texas. So his final four. Actually, I'm going to give you. He's got Texas one. He's got Texas A and M one. Texas A and M one. Pitt four. Pitt four. Michigan two. Yes. Baylor three. What? I mean, is this is this purely for clicks? Is this purely is this for CTE conversation? Checking in early on Desmond, or is it, or is he losing it? Like, see what well, can we? You listen to it, so you tell me. What was he genuine in this well, take? It was genuine with with matched up with. You know, they all pick conference winners leading up to this, and it kind of made sense based on what he, the way he was leaning. Um, you know, he had A&M winning the SEC. You know, he had Bader winning the Big 12. He's obviously going to be a Michigan guy. You know, you throw that out of the way. Like, yeah. he's always yeah, going to be a Michigan Throw Michigan out the so. window, whatever. I mean, and, if, and, if and that's Michigan, not the worst take right, ever. They were right? there last year, and if Michigan beats Ohio State, yeah, they could make it. I don't see him so. making it, but it's not like an inconceivable pick. Correct. You know? That, and I know everyone's pit. hammering him, and it's terrible. And he had, I think he had, his fourth team was Pitt, right? Like, yeah. it's ne- the Final Four is never really who we think it's going to be. Yeah. So I get it. Like, go on a limb, you know? Like, wow. It's you crazy. Four, I, I don't. Go on four limbs? Or? Yeah. But, like, yeah, I get it. Go out on a <laughs> yeah. limb, but, like, pick I, a dark horse. I went out on a limb and put Utah in it. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. a limb. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like, I get that. Go out on a limb it. and put Texas you know, he's Desmond Howard. His limb is Michigan. Like you know, yeah, that's I mean, that's your one. That's yeah, but your for whatever. If he has another dark horse that he wants to believe in, I'm all for it. You literally pick. I mean, with the exception, I think some people have faith in A and M. I know CY is one of them. Yeah, but like, God, Pitt and Baylor on top of Michigan. Well, here's the best part too: is we'll watch game day every week, and I guarantee you he'll pick Bam and Ohio State to win every game this year. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. Like it's for not sure. like. His in-game one is going to be like, oh, yeah, Bama by 30. Like, I'm just curious. That's a good point. It's Who like, are they going to lose to then? Yeah, so... so They're, they're going to lose to Texas A&M twice? Uh, like, come yeah, on. I don't, They'd only play them once. They would only play okay. them once. So they're going to they're gonna keep a one-loss Bama team out after they beat they sweep the rest of the and SEC thinking, and, lo- and beat Texas, who's probably going to be pretty good this Big year, Big 12 has trouble come getting on. somebody in every year because they... They, they uh, beat each other up. They, and they don't look as impressive yes. as, you know, SEC and ACC teams, right? Yes, Oklahoma's the only one that's proven that they can compete. Right, so it's like... And so you're going to tell me that Baylor's going to be as impressive enough in the Big 12 this year to get a, my problem, to get a spot? My problem with Baylor is I just think they lost way too much last year. But he, I'm saying even if they... even Let's say Baylor goes undefeated. There's still a case that they don't get in, depending no, on what the other teams... No, if they go they're in. Oh, so what if an uh, undefeated Big Ten team gets in, undefeated ACC, undefeated SEC, and then you have one, yeah, loss, that'll be one loss Bama team? They, they won't get in under, over undefeated. They'll get over a one loss, one loss. It depends who the one loss is. It depends on all the impressive... I think yeah, yeah, that's way that. too big. Yeah, like, like let's just like you, everything you just said right now, I, that does not happen in college football. Like, well, you know what's it, great, but college football but you is know what's great. College football is chaos. You know that's why we love it's it. True. That's why we need what's it. What's great is hypotheticals that we've been talking about all season. We get to talk about real games this week. Yes, we do. We sure. We, do. You know, we, we don't have to talk about the hypotheticals anymore. We sure do, which is incredibly exciting. But let's talk about the quarterback situation in Michigan. Harbaugh comes out with some asinine deal that's going to name his starting quarterback where Cade McNamara is going to start against Colorado State and then J.J. McCarthy is going to start week two against Hawaii. Now, I don't know what 
these two matchups are going to show Harbaugh to give him confidence in either one of these guys, but they're going to blow out both of these teams. I just, I just don't see. I mean, I see the angle because he just he wants to keep both of these guys. He doesn't want to name a guy early, right. and then JJ McCarthy goes to, you know, Michigan State, and then he has to compete against him. So what? They're gonna? He's gonna put a shit back to week three? I mean, yeah, I, I just don't see the angle. I mean, yeah. he's just gonna, they're gonna split time the whole year. I, I I didn't take much into it. They did last year. They split a bunch of time last year. They did I think the same things but coming what do you, this year. What do you think about that? I mean, I, I personally don't like the split quarterback situation because you don't get a rhythm from either guy. Mm-hmm. You know, either, both guys. I'm not saying they're on edge at all times, but they just can't get comfortable. There's a, there's a certain yeah. level of comfortability from we've all played sports that you need to have in order to be successful to compete at the I'm with level. you. I I don't like it, but they have success with it. They understand their kind of roles in it. Well, fuck yeah, and they went to a playoff last they, year. So they went to a playoff. So I I think it's a non-story to me. I'm just that's they're they were they did it last year. That's interesting to me that you don't think it's a big deal. You think it's a non-story. I, this is why I think I think it's a non-story most of the time, but there are going to be times this year even if it's only once or twice where they say, Hey, game winning drive. And I mm-hmm. need to pick one. Mm-hmm. And he picks one. Yeah. If you're not the guy getting picked, what does that tell you? Yeah. And I think that's a story, right? Like, so I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think it doesn't matter until it does. Right. Like until that, that series comes down, Hey, we need a game winning drive. We need you. I need you. McNamara, you're our guy. Well, what the, f- what right. does that mean for JJ? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm not your guy. I'm your guy when it's when when you think it's easy enough, but when you have to have someone perform, uh, there will be that time. Let's say they get to a playoff again and it's a close game. I mean, are you I don't know. It's I think it's This tough. is interesting when you look at both the quarterbacks and I know we just talked about Jimmy G and Trey Lance, but mm-hmm. McNamara has a lot of the same attributes as Jimmy G, yeah. right? He's consistent, he makes the right decisions, he makes the good throws. He gets you to the college football playoff. McNamara, better runner, bigger arm, higher rated recruit, probably has a higher ceiling, potentially lower floor. So does he win you the national championship? Do you roll with that guy or do you go with the consistency of McNamara? Harbaugh's teams and his success at Stanford and other places has been with the consistent McNamara guy. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. Uh, CY, who do you give the edge to and who do you think you should go with? Uh, McNamara, I think. Wow. Okay. I, I don't know. I think it's. I think they're both. They're both fine to me. I think they both do the things a little bit different. But at the end of the day, I don't think it translates into more wins one way or the other. I feel like I feel like CY should just do the press conferences for Harbaugh. Like he, <laughs> he's like just now. Nah, it's not a big deal. Yeah, like you you're know, just so hey, calm about this. They're situation. both great. You know. Yeah, they're both good. They're both well, gonna play football. You know, Who cares? If, I'm confident in both. I, I One's a, not better. Playing. <laughs> like, dang, man. I'm I had a stronger surprised. opinion on it last year when it was Harbaugh's job on the line. Sure. Now they had a whole year of doing it with success, yeah. and both guys were decent in this role. So you know why change it right now? You, you went to a college football playoff and. You had, you had some success with those guys. Like, I'm fine with it going back and doing the same thing. So, see why you don't think there's a big drop off either way. No. Then you got to go with JJ McCarthy because he's your future, probably. And he needs the yeah. He, he that's needs fair. The experience. That's fair. So he's next, confidence. You know, next year he comes in. I've been the guy. I'm the guy. And next year you're really making some noise. If you didn't this year. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We're talking about transfer quarterbacks. I saw a stat that said 46 percent of quarterbacks that are starting quarterbacks in college football are transfer quarterbacks. It's a new. It's a new era, man. Wow. It is crazy. It is wild. Um, let's get into one more quarterback. Uh, 
quarterback battle that just played itself out. Hudson Card over at, or not Hudson Card, uh, Hayes uh, King. Hayes King. Hayes King, Hayes oh, King. Yeah. over at Texas yeah. A&M um, is the starting quarterback at Texas nice. A&M. Awesome. So, well, I got to hear surprising. CYs. I got to hear CYs on this. Yeah, because he's the big Texas A&M guy. Yeah. I mean, I was under the impression that Max Johnson was coming from LSU to become the starter there. Turns out yeah. it's the guy that was already there that got hurt halfway through the season. Sure. CY, does this give you more confidence in Texas A&M or a little less? Um, I think a little bit more. I think we saw Max Johnson ceiling. Um, Hayes King was, you know, a big-time recruit. Just didn't perform well last year before he got I hurt. Thought, you I know. thought Max was your guy. You like King more? No, I, no, I like Hayes King. I think yeah, Hayes I like King Max is more. Yeah, King Moore was a big Mac guy. Hayes King, five-star recruit. You know, he was the savior for A&M, and he didn't play well early, you know, but he was a freshman. I think he was a redshirt freshman last year, correct? Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's shown enough then in camp to win the job, and I'm perfectly fine with it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you in a weird way because, like I said, I'm a Max Johnson guy. And for him to beat out Max Johnson, that to me says something. So, right. you know, I do like that aspect of it. Um, I just think Max Johnson's a little bit more of a gamer when I saw like on mm-hmm. the field mm-hmm. situations. I know I use that term gamer a lot, but it's like that guy that's going to rise above and get it done. You know, I think Max Johnson was that guy yeah. at LSU last year to where they weren't a good football team, but he made them better. So, you know, we'll see. I don't think this is the end of the quarterback controversy at Texas A&M, I though. I, I think that they're going to play. Max Johnson's okay. starting by the end of the year. Okay. Uh, I, so okay. I'm, I'm going to completely contradict what I just said yeah. about JJ and Kate McNamara. Let's hear it. Because I think the teams are different. Mm-hmm. So you would want to go with, hey, the young guy, he's the future, get him his reps, right? right. But A&M is a legitimate contender this year. Right. Right? Better I mean, defense, probably more equipped to make a run. Put the guy in there that is going to, one year, this year, is going to give you your chance. I I feel like from what we saw Give last year, Jack Cohn. Yeah, from exactly, that's Jack Cohn, baby. baby. Yeah, that's some a, Jack Cohn. If you if, if it's this year, right? That to me, that's your guy. Uh, King will be, you know, he'll still have two years of eligibility. I mean, yeah. I know they got a lot of uh, they got a lot of a lot of guys there, but I I, I take Mac Johnson, man. I, I think uh, he's gonna like to your point. He's a gamer. He's you know played. In a tough division before, he's shown that he, mm-hmm. you know, he rises up. Like I, I like Max Johnson, I don't dislike King, but yeah, I think I think by the end of it, I think that uh, it either becomes a a carousel of sorts or Max starts. It's a carousel of sorts if they start losing and they're just they then they start the freshman. Who do they open up? Who do they first like three weeks of the season? Nobody. And nobody. SEC. They don't play anyone decent. Yeah, yeah they don't play anyone. Um, but another quarterback situation, definitely look out for. All right, last one before we get into week one, we have. The South Carolina Gamecocks are changing their Gamecocks name. The Game, Gamecocks oh, yeah, I saw name that. is now going to be Cock Commander. So my only take on my only take on this is that you, they have like a bunch of different names out there, and it's like General, you know, whatever, and it's like all these different names. My only take on this is like it was like literally like eighty percent of everyone voted Cock Commander, and for me, I'm like. Yeah, no, no shit. Yeah, why would you yeah, come no out that out there? You come out with a name no, like Cock Commander, everyone's going to vote everyone's for Cock Commander. I was trying to figure out what, like, think tank, right? Like, they landed on, like, that <laughs> finalist, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, there was, they needed was this. several people that agreed 
Cockamandos. No, it was, it's, they, it's got a chance. No, they all want it too. Like the fans, <laughs> there's going to be shirts, hats. You can guarantee it. Like this is rebranding at its finest. I'm a big Notre Dame guy. Might switch over if might they would have been be. the Cock Commanders. Might yeah. switch over. They might have gotten I'm a Cock. Fighting I'm getting the Cock Commanders shirt. Commanders. Wait, who's your team? Uh, Cock Commanders. Yeah, we're the Cock Commanders. Cock Commanders. Yeah, yeah I'm anyway, all We're going to be real strong this year. I th- yeah, I think this is South Carolina trying to like build up that hype with Beamer and Rattler. I'm with it. And yeah, I like I'm it. I'm kind of down. I'm down. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. All right. Getting into week one, uh, we have a couple of games going on Thursday night. I'm excited for both of these games, so let's talk about them a little bit. We have West Virginia at number 17, Pitt. Pitt's a minus seven and a half point favorite. Pitt seems to be the public kind of bet on this game here. There's always some parody on Thursday night games. I like the dog. I'm going to take West Virginia with the points. See why? What do you got? Yeah, I, I love West Virginia here in this spot. I think seven and a half is way too much. Um, I've been from the beginning, no, not on the pit train this year. I think they lost too much. Um, you lose Kenny Pickett, you lose Jordan Addison. I just, I think it's too much. I think West Virginia, and, th- and then again, you know, go back to my guy, JT Daniels, now in West Virginia, you know, two teams I think are on opposite spectrums of where I see them at the end of the year. Give me West Virginia. Um, I'm actually going to throw some money on the money line as well. Ooh, I like. Do you it. know what the uh, what the money line is? Offhand, um, I can look it up while you make your prediction real quick. I had it. I took it earlier. Yeah, I feel kind of boring, but uh, completely agree with you guys on this one. Yeah. Um, I mean, Desmond Howard is probably not happy about these picks, but uh, but yeah, I think West Virginia. <laughs> I, I actually agree with CY too. I think that there's probably some value in just picking them uh, straight up. I pit at home. I, I I don't know how much I want to give their home field advantage, but I, I my only thing with Pitt and the home field advantage, I just don't think it exists as much because they play at Heinz Field. Yeah, you know, it's not like right. a college stadium, so like I don't take as much in account. It's a good point. Maybe that's a problem, and maybe that's something I I shouldn't do. But like, no, it's a good point. I just don't like that for them. Like they play any like Miami, they play in the you know an NFL stadium. Like I just don't love that. I want yeah, yeah, on no. campus tailgate at your college. Sure, like West Virginia at home. You know what I mean? Like that's get that atmosphere sure home field advantage. This I got it at plus plus two fifty five. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I like I'm, that. I'm not, a, I'm not yeah, afraid of that. Yeah. So, um, but then here's me overthinking. I like Narduzzi as a coach. Yeah, I mean, I do. <laughs> good coach. He's a good coach. Here's the Northwestern that, shit. God damn it! Uh, now yeah. I said it. So now I'm going to be thinking about it. But go with your gut. Give Let's me take West Virginia. Definitely give me the give me West Virginia to cover. I like it. All right, we have Penn State, who's on the road, but they're a three and a half point favorite at Purdue. Purdue's a team that CY and I are really big on this year. I like Aiden O'Connell at the quarterback position. What are we thinking here? So, this line is perfect to me in terms of it just it scares me. Yeah. Uh, I like Penn State to win. Okay. Um, but it's like, do they win by three points, though? Yeah. I, like, I, th- <laughs> I, I could see this. You know, this, this has three point, yeah. even a one-point game written all over it. And I think uh, Penn State's a team that I think we might be undervaluing. I think so. Like, why do we think they're going to be that much worse this year? It's the same quarterback who isn't bad. Mm -hmm. They lost Dotson. But, like, other than that, like, they still should be pretty good. They lost Brisker, one of their safeties who I really Mm -hmm. like to the Bears. Yeah. But, like, um, CY's guy who he hates. uh, Who's the linebacker for the Steelers you hate? Joey Porter. Joey Porter Jr. Joey Porter Jr. is their corner for Penn State. He's a really good prospect. Like, they're still a pretty good football team. Yeah. Like, I almost feel like I'm worried I'm undervaluing them. And this could be a trap line to where it's like Penn State could win by 20. You know, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I can I, see that. I like I like Penn State, but 
that three and a half scares. That's that's a yeah. If I'm betting Purdue in this game, I think I'm just gonna bet the money line. Yeah, I would for I, me. Yeah, like I think the values there at home. Mm-hmm. That's what I think I'm gonna go with. Maybe the under too, because I think Penn State's defense is pretty good. Yep. See why? What are you thinking? You're gonna re- roll with Purdue? Yeah, home dogs home best. Home um, dogs. Home dogs. Money uh, line or, or or to cover? Both. Um, I, I like the money line here. I think I'll probably dabble in both a little bit. Um, I actually, the more and more I've been onto it, I think Penn State's actually going to be pretty good. I'm looking yeah, more on that. I'm, I, uh. I, but I'm, I'm big on Purdue this year. I haven't won the West, um, and I think it starts with this. So give, give me Purdue here um, in a close one. Um, I think I think they win the game outright. There is always one team in the West that they're not great, but they're like consistently good. Yeah. You know, yeah. usually it's Wisconsin. Then it was mm-hmm. Northwestern two years ago. Last year it was Iowa. Right. So like you always have that one team that's pretty good. It could be Purdue. Maybe it's Purdue this year. If they win this game, I think it's a good are. one to revisit next week. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Friday games. Not a lot of meat on the bones for me on these. Um, you have Virginia Tech minus seven and a half at Old Dominion. CY, I know you wanted to say something about this game. What do you got? Yeah, I, I saw the line at first and I was like, why is it, uh, Virginia Tech only laying, you know, seven and a half? So I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper onto it. Um, and I think it makes a little bit of sense. I'm still going to jump on Virginia Tech at seven and a half, but Old Dominion really came on. They're an older team. Uh, they won their last five games before they lost a bowl game to a Tulsa team. I actually thought was pretty good last year, better than the record. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought I, Tulsa was a team that covered me quite a bit last year, and I lost to them. Um, but Old Dominion, you know, like I said, they won their last five games. They beat a good Florida Atlantic team last year who I thought was decent. Um, they won some other games that were, you know, a decent team. Uh, decent teams. Virginia Tech with a new head coach. It might take them a little time. Um, I'm probably going to take Virginia Tech, but this might be a, a sneaky good game on Friday if you're looking for something. I will be watching it because I watch every game, so I'll take your word for it. Uh, Illinois at Indiana. Indiana is a three-point favorite. I'm going to take the fighting Illini because, you know what, they won week zero, and I'm going to overreact. overreact with them. Yep. Anything else? And I think Indiana's kind of fake. I, I'm 100% with you. I, I think we're going to overreact to Illinois, and uh, I think Indiana's not very good this year. I love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, TCU, minus 13.5 at Colorado. I don't think Colorado's going to be very good this year. I think TCU is going to be okay. Um, I'll take Colorado plus 13.5. That's say, a lot of points. I was I a know. little surprised at this line. Yeah, I don't think uh, that's, not, that's a lot of points. It's not faith in Colorado. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, trust me. I think Colorado's going to be bad. Uh, yeah, but I just thought, man, that's a. And I just don't think TCU's going to be anything special, right. you know? Yeah. Um, Brand new coach. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was a lot a lot of points. So is, I don't know. Is Max Duggan still the, the coach or the quarterback at TCU? Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah, he is. He is. He's not bad. Um, We'll see. They could have a brand new offense. The SMU offensive coordinator from last year is their head coach. He could bring in some new things. Yeah. So, wouldn't be surprised. It, I'm, I'm going to stay away from yeah, it. I'm, I'm not going to bet it. I'm just giving you guys tips and advice here. But yeah, I'm not probably see touching. Why, do, do you like one of the? Do you like this line anywhere? Um, I'm, I'm starting to really love TCU in this game. Oh. Um, really love TCU in this game. I was I I was on the train in the college football preview show that I thought TCU would be very bad this year. Um, I think Colorado might be the worst team in the pack this year. They lost everyone to the transfer portal. They have no one left. Yeah. They're going to be downright terrible. And I think I'm starting to think that TCU might not be as bad as I thought they were initially. Veteran quarterback, you know, their 
energetic with a new coach, who I think is a very good coach, actually. Um, well, so I like to yeah, SMU. I mean, SMU's had good success the last couple yes. of years. So Florida yes. being in and out of the top 25 at different points. Mm-hmm. So. And, and not only that, you know, I think that's the difference because I'm not jumping on the Florida bandwagon with a new coach who's had success. But you give me SMU, who's literally recruiting from the same talent base as TCU and been better than them. Now you go to a better program in the same you know, geographical area now you're going to recruit out of and get better talent. TCU might have a chance to be pretty good in a few years. I think TCU rolls this game. Um, I actually am pretty confident TCU covers this. I'm going to ride with you now. I said Colorado because I didn't care no. earlier, but now I'm with you. See why you did a whole lot more research than I did on that one. Yeah. So I'm going I'm <laughs> hey, to have a baby, have a baby during <laughs> football season. I'm definitely riding with you on that. I love it. All right. Number 13, NC State, 11 and a half point favorites on the road at East Carolina. Uh, this is an interesting game, actually. It seems like NC State should roll here. Um, East Carolina wasn't a bad football team for me last year. I do think NC State's going to take care of business in this game. Um, however, I don't think it's going to be as easy as everyone thinks. I think they should cover the points, though. East Carolina scares somebody every year, basically. Yeah, like they're kind, they're like they're they, never bad. No, and and every year they they scare a team, like a, yeah. like a good team, like a like an NC State, you know, yeah. ranked team. Uh, having said that, I think NC State still covers. Yeah. But um, I agree. I think it'll be competitive, uh, more competitive than we think. I also think, as you guys know. I'm pretty high on NC State. Uh, right. I think that they got a chance to win the ACC. I think if NC State takes care of business and looks really good in this game, then they're going to be really good all year. Yeah. You know, this is a game where it's like, come out, prove it. Yeah, get prove it done. That the offseason hype is Not exactly is real. an easy game. No. Take care of business not. here. See yeah. why? Anything, Dad? No, I, I, the, the line's, you know, it's a trap to me for some reason. I don't know why it's only 11 and a half. Um, that's, you know, very strange to me. I, I think NC State should roll this game. They're way more talented than East Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hung up on him. No, oh, <laughs> I actually, I, I actually need you to call him. Oh yeah, because yeah. my phone is gonna die soon. Okay, you can keep this, Adrian, because that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so plug your shit in and call yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, pause it. He's calling me. Tell him. Uh... Hey, Garrett's going to call you. My phone died. Better. And we're back. Uh, Adrian, <laughs> started back at 3840. Um, CY got cut off there for <laughs> my phone is dead. So welcome back. And uh, you said NC State should roll, right? Yeah, I think NC State should roll. The, the line's trapped me for some reason. Um, I don't know. If I see a backdoor cover by East Carolina, I'm very upset. But I'm going to take NC State lay the points. All right. Rutgers at Boston College minus seven. I'm a big believer in Boston College this year. Yep. I'm going to take them minus seven. I think they should take care of business. I, although I do think Rutgers is a tough team. I like Greg Schiano. I think he's a good football coach. I think he – and Rutgers was tough last year. You know, they covered a lot of games for me. Um, but I think Boston College is going to be a lot better this year. I'm going to take them with the points. See why? Give me Boston College. Yeah, give me Boston College minus seven. I'll probably throw them in a few teasers as well. Um, but Boston College minus seven, I think, is a play here. Uh, I'm not big. I'm not big on Rutgers this year. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Boston College covers, and I think they cover fairly easily. All right. North Carolina's minus one point favorite at Appalachian State. <sighs> 
Boys, anything to start with? What are you thinking? Might be the game of the weekend, like as far as like Whoa, I don't know about that. Like competitiveness, okay. like yeah. As far as closeness of the game, like I could could you not see this game coming down to a back and forth fourth quarter, maybe overtime, like week one, or it's like what are we like what are we doing here type game? Um, both teams hate each other. It's a decent sized rivalry now that Appalachian State's been decent in football for the last few years. I'm staying away from it. I think it's a coin flip. If you had to pick, I take Appalachian State. That's who I'm taking. Yeah, I'm too. taking App State. I'm taking That's App funny. State yeah. plus one. I think uh, it's what we, it's what at we App saw, State too, which I think matters. Yeah, what we saw from North Carolina Week One didn't impress me at all. Um, I thought their defense looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Offense looked good, but again, they played like I don't even know what the name was like. Florida State A and M Tech University. Like, no, Florida A and M. Yeah, yeah. A&M. Like they should have like, taken care of business in that game, and they gave up like, like twenty five guys. Yeah, it was like fifty six to thirty. Like they should not have given up that many points. I think App State's going to be a tougher team in this game than they think. I thought Drake may look good at quarterback for North Carolina, so I think they're going to put up points. I like against the over Florida here. A&M. Yes, exactly against Florida A and M. Again, if you're going to give up thirty plus against Florida A and M, that's a problem yep. for me. So yeah. give me Appalachian State in this football game. Yep. All right. Getting into some of the, uh, not yet, but we have number 24, Houston, minus four-point favorite at UTSA. Again, somewhat of a trap line. Why is Houston only a four-point favorite? What is going on here? See why? Why are they only a four-point favorite? Um, Is is UTSA better than we think? UTSA was a good program last year. They uh, they were actually a a team I bet on quite a bit. I think people underestimate. I think Houston's better than I think people are underestimating Houston. Okay. Um, I think uh, UTSA Houston made the uh, conference USA or the American yeah. uh, championship last year against Cincinnati and played them tough. Yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, they're not a bad. No, and team. I I agree. I think they're going to be better than that this year. They have a chance to win conference USA. Um, I think UTSA was really good last year. Yeah, they only lost it's two on the games road. and they beat Auburn in a bowl game. Like, oh no, I'm talking about Houston. I'm a, Sorry, I'm talking about Houston. My bad. Yeah, Houston. Give me Houston. Okay. You like Houston? I mean, for me, yeah. Like, I think Houston should take care of business in this game, but it's week one. We don't know. But I do like their quarterback. He's returning. I think he's a good football player. He makes good decisions. I'm going to take Houston this game. Not going to bet it, but. Yeah, I'm not going to bet it just because I feel like it's a trap, but. Sums up. Seems way too simple. Some stinks. Yeah. All right, getting into the big games now. You have number seven, Utah, three point favorite at Florida in the swamp. Utah is a team that I've had in my college football playoff. This game is a tough game. It's a tougher game than people think for Utah. Again, they're only a three-point favorite. Um, I think Utah's going to roll here. If they're the team that I think they are, they're going to take care of business in this game. Again, Florida is a team that you know people overvalue. I like Billy Napier. I think he's a really good coach, actually. Yeah. Um, I think that was the right hire for them, but I'm going to take Utah in the points. I'll probably bet this game, too. Yeah. See why? Scary game. Scary game for sure. Um, Billy Napier makes his debut, we mentioned, but um, Kyle Willingham, you know, he's going to run the ball down their throats and it's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. And how long do those Florida defenders want to make a tackle? You know, it's going to be loud and they're going to neutralize that environment by controlling time of possession like they always do. They're going to play really good defense. They're going to make you play left-handed. I like Utah on the close one. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, actually actually um but anthony richardson i'm looking forward to seeing as well but i just give me utah here i think utah wins um 
I think they dominate the game, but win a close scoring game. Yeah, give me Utah, man. Utah doesn't beat themselves, right? Like, yeah. They, but what I will say is, I mean, early last year they lost to San Diego State. You know, so like they are. I mean, and I think they'll be better this year, and I think they'll take care of a lot of those things. But like they are susceptible to that early loss, so that does worry me a little bit. So something to think about with this squad. But I just don't think Florida's that team. San Diego State was ranked at some point last no, year. No, San Diego State wasn't a bad team. Um, yeah, they were a top twenty-five team. Yeah, and they lost to BYU too. Yeah. But that was those were their two losses, and they turned it around and got better with Cam Rising at quarterback. And I think he'll be really good. Yeah. So I trust me, I'm, I'm in on Utah. Just keep that in mind. Betters yeah. beware. Um, do we really like Anthony Richardson at Florida? Is he going to be their guy? I mean, he is their guy, but is he like the guy? Yeah, I think he's a dude. Really? I think he's going to be good. Yeah, I think he's going to be very good. It's about time Florida, you know, rebounded. They've been dying for one. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be that good. <laughs> I'm not sold on him. Yeah, like, you know, I think he's good. I just don't like... People thought Emory Jones was going to be yes. the next guy, and I thought he was god-awful. I knew he was god-awful, but like it turned out Kyle Trask like Emory Jones. You like Emory Jones? I used to like Emory Jones. I, no. I, liked, I liked Emory Jones. Yeah. I think Anthony Richardson is better than him, but we'll see. I think uh, it's his year to prove it to me. Yeah. So we'll see how Florida does. They're a very interesting team. I want to see how they do all this. Very interesting. Uh, number 23, Cincinnati, coming off a you know playoff performance this year. Lost everyone on their team except for their head coach. At, minus, at number 19, Arkansas. Arkansas is a six-point favorite. It kills me to say it, but I like Bearcat podcast. I, I, We're a Bearcat podcast. Cincinnati plus six. <laughs> You're taking Cincinnati. <laughs> Just because you said that. Uh, you were not going to say that. No, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, betters beware. I was not going to say Cincinnati plus six. No. So let's, I can't say it out loud, but that's what I was going to say. What do you think, Garrett? Uh, give me Arkansas. Give me Arkansas. Um and you do not know the history of TV podcast, Garrett. Let's go, Garrett. They yeah. cover. They cover. That's all Cincinnati does. They just cover. Yeah, that's all they do. Man. Yeah, not this week. Okay, not this. Fair week. enough. It's a tough week. It is a tough week. See why? Give me, give me an actual analysis on why you're taking Cincinnati, other than I, Bearcat I, Nation. <laughs> I mean, this is a very, very tough game for Cincinnati. Like you said, yeah, a lot of moving pieces. Too many um, moving pieces, and that's my we problem. Don't, we, we don't even know who's starting that quarterback for them. I yeah. mean, they got two talented guys. They have a transfer, and they have a five-star. But, I mean, Arkansas is a top 25 team. It's going to be a hostile environment. Um, Arkansas was a good team last year. You know, I think they're, they're Sam Pittman's um, a decent coach. I, I, it's tough for, for me to be on the Cincy train this week. But you know what? They have the better head coach. They're See, coming off. See, well, I just want to confirm. You're saying Arkansas is a top 25 team. I know they're ranked, right. but are they a top ranked. 25 team? Oh, not the NBA, I don't think so. But I think they are. Okay. It, I was curious. I, I don't think – I think they're going to be worse off than Kentucky um, oh. at the at the end of the year. But no I chance. think right now they, they, they deserve to be ranked in the top 25 at the beginning of the year. But – I. I don't know. It's a tough matchup for Cincinnati to start the year with so many new pieces, but give me Fickle, man. Fickle knows how to win. Fickle's all he's done is win there, and he's going to get his guys motivated. Good um, coach, man. Good coach. Good coach. Anything, he's going to get his guys ready to play. If anything they proved, if anything they proved last year is they they can hang. You know, they lost Alabama, but they played Alabama just as good as anyone else did. 
They can hang be last team's last year's team, but they lost a lot. They lost right, everyone. that's fair. That's that's just my fair, problem. Is they and, just and, lost everyone. And to be fair, like since he was good right before last year, mm-hmm. but last yeah. year part of the reason why they were so good is you had a lot of seniors on that team. No, they were old. You had guys old. that had been built yeah. over time, and not that they don't have seniors on the team this year, but it feels like a starting over in some way for them. So for me, I think since he will probably be pretty good in another year or two, right? Once well, they've just reloaded about- and they've gotten their guys, you know, but this first year to expect them, I don't know. I think it's a tall task. Yeah, I don't think they'll be bad this year. I just don't think they can get past Arkansas at home. Yeah, That's just what worries me. I mean, KJ Jefferson, he's a veteran quarterback. He's experienced. He's been in these situations. Arkansas, yeah, they're a good football team. All right, number 11, Oregon at number three, Georgia. They're playing this game in Atlanta. Um, Georgia's a minus 17-point favorite. I know, Garrett, you had some strong opinions about this one a few weeks ago when we talked about it a little bit, right? What do you uh, have here? Yeah, uh, so to me, I get that Georgia lost a lot. Yeah. Right? Um, Oregon, to me, is completely unproven. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17 points is a lot. A lot of points. But you're playing in Athens, right? No, you're playing Atlanta. Basically Athens, but yeah. Yeah. So, to me, I'm taking Georgia here. 17, too? I'm taking them with the 17. Damn. It's a lot, and I think that, again, it's made to look like a lot, so people are going to take Oregon. I think that their defense is still going to be elite this year. Uh, They're still going to have a top five-ish defense, and... uh, I'm not sold like I'm not sold on the Oregon QB situation. Yeah. Going into still Georgia. They still haven't named a guy. Yeah. Uh going into Georgia and you're right, I forgot that they're they're playing in Atlanta. But yeah. um yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on that. And I am I am sold on the Georgia QB situation in the sense that you know what you're getting. Yeah. Right? I know what I'm getting with uh, They're gonna be consistent. They're gonna put some points up and they're not gonna give many points up. Mm-hmm. Even if Oregon plays relatively good defense. And they give up, you know, thirty. Yeah. Like I, I could still see them potentially covering. Okay. Stetson Bennett, man, the mailman. He I always delivers. I, I like Stetson, man. Hey, he gets it done. Great name. See why? What are you thinking? You giving anything to uh, in this game? Complete opposite. Yeah, yeah complete I opposite knew this was coming. Said. Oh God. Um, hey, but you know what? See why I called here, Oregon over Ohio State. So. And that's that's one of my points. One, you have you have an Oregon team that's been there, done that. They went in the shoe last year. And they handled Ohio State. So right? do, are we okay, just so going to pick fact- Oregon to beat whoever they play the first week yeah, of the year won. from here on? Is that, no, just like, hey, is that Oregon's let's, MO? No, Science. But let's take let's take all, all the factors into consideration here, right? So you have them last year, that, that team with a lot of guys coming back on that defense that went into Ohio State. Mind you, Kayvon Thibodeau did not play in that game. So it's a lot of those same guys on defense that went in there and beat Ohio State, which is a better offense than the Georgia offense this year. Okay. Two, Oregon's new coach. Georgia's defense coordinator last year. He, you know, say what you will, but there is some inside stuff that he's going to know in Doesn't that game. Doesn't mean they can stop he's it. Not gonna... I hate that take. That's terrible. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I people say that, but it's got to like, be something with so it. So what if he there's was There's got to be something to it. No, there yeah. is something yeah, to it. I, I, I disagree. And, and, I think that coaching and, has and actually lastly, hurt it. And Cristobal is a better coach. That's actually a downgrade. Ooh. We don't know that. We we don't know that. We yet. do we, know that Cristobal went into the shoe last year and won. I do like. We do know that Cristobal can coach. So we—that's a known. Yeah. So you're 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 hoping that this guy's as good or better than Cristobal, which is would be impressive. It'd be very impressive. I'm not it giving him that impressive. on week one. And 
And third, you have a guy uh, potentially who I think is going to be, we are pretty confident that Bo Nix is going to be the guy. He's not scared of Georgia. He's played Georgia for the last he three years. He should be. I watched him play in the SEC for a couple of years. He didn't look that good. Oh, yeah. That sucks. So. Look at Bo Nix's numbers last year. Bo Nix had a very good year in the SEC last year. You know, they talked about to him Bo getting Nick's standards. That. Yes, he did. He did have a good year. So this Oregon team is not going to be intimidated. Georgia thinks they're going to go and just roll everyone because that team last year rolled everyone. It's not the same defense. It's a good defense. It's not a great defense. And it's the same offense. It's which not a great a defense very this year? Av- No. No. How can you say it's a great defense this year? They lost everyone. We don't know that. Because it's Georgia that, and they recruit top five every year and Kirby has proven okay. that he can coach. He's proven that he'll put a great defense out there. They, we, we know that. Okay, we get then, that. When's the last year Georgia had a bad defense? When's the last okay, year Georgia had a good, not great defense? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Okay, they've had a good, not great. Last year was the first year they had a great defense. No, they've never had no a great way. defense yeah, before. They had great defenses, yeah. They didn't not they, great they haven't de- hung with the Bamas over the year last, because of their offense. Last year they've was historically, a historic defense. They've historically struggled on the offensive end at QB, yeah. which is why their defense has kept them in the games. So, they, 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 and they're still going to struggle at quarterback this year. Okay, but Stenson Bennett, I'm, not make, not, I'm not making that not, argument. I'm making they, the argument that their defense is going to be great. That's not what Makeup on a pick and say he's great, right? It's fucking Stenson at the end of the day. Bo Nix is better than Stenson Bennett. Oh, fuck. Oh, I, I don't know about that. See why. Look at the numbers last year. Uh, Bo Nix was I'm a sure better quarterback. I, no. I, don't, I disagree. I'm sorry. I don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't think Bo Nix gets it done. Uh, okay, that's it. fine. Bo Nix stats last year, 2021. See why? He got benched last oh. year at times. Like, he did well at games. Yes, I agree. Like, LSU game, he played well, but like, but that's, okay, okay, collegiate career, part, collegiate career. Bo Nix has well, 30, okay, but I mean, still, 39 picks. You can't to say that. Six interceptions. Okay, but, but Stenson Bennett was a four screen nine. We got sent to a junior college. All that so means is that they're a four, national champion. Who's played that, well but, on the big stage. Yeah. But we're not saying that so, Stenson Bennett. Sorry, he was a two star. Okay. Stenson Bennett was, you're not going to sit here and tell me that Stenson Bennett is head and shoulders above. Anyone else in college football in top twenty-five as a quarterback? He's just not that guy. He's not going to be that guy. Is he not and a I, top twenty-five was, quarterback? Is that your question? Yes. Like when you go to a top twenty-five matchup, he might with be a Georgia top, and someone he's else. Probably in the top twenty-five. Last year, Stetson Bennett twenty-nine touchdowns to seven picks. Yeah, Bo Nix doesn't. Put they up didn't really allow much. him. They didn't allow him to make mistakes because that defense was so good. Okay, you know we're that getting, was, we're getting off topic here. Cy, you're taking Oregon plus seventeen or money line. You think they can win? Uh, I, I'm taking the points. I think they can win the game. It's going to be a tough game to win, but I, you know, I, I don't see them being a huge upset if they go in there and win this game. Give me, give me, give me a, a final score. I'm, I'm super curious at this point because you're so down on their defense being good, not great, which I don't understand, and Bo Nix apparently being a I, much I better quarterback you, than we've seen. I don't understand how you don't take that on that take with how many guys they lost on that because defense. Georgia but, had every year they're good every year they reload every year they do, do it's like it's like Bama we know they wow. lose guys and we know they're going to be good every year like Georgia is of that until same they until defense. they don't show up one year I'm yeah. going to give them that I agree. I'm going 28 uh, 24 Oregon wins this game all right 28 24 hey credit to you if, if I'm going to take uh I'll make this one short since you guys went off. I'm going to take Oregon to cover. I think it's going to be very low scoring. I think it's 17-10 Georgia final. I think it's a low scoring game, kind of like what we saw week one last year. Georgia 
Uh, Clemson, I think uh, I think Oregon's defense is actually be pretty good this year. So mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be part of the reason why they keep this game close, especially with Dan Lanning at coach. So I think he's going to get prepared in that way. I don't think Oregon's offense is going to score nearly enough um, against, because again, I do think this Georgia defense will be good. They won't be historic like last season. That'll be in- incredible if they were. Um, but I think I think uh, Oregon can cover the 17 in this game. Because I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think Georgia's going to be that good this year. I think they'll be good, but they're going to be a product of a down SEC East. They'll probably roll the SEC East, but I think they'll take care of this game though. Um, moving on to the big game. This is the one everyone cares about. This is the one that matters in my mind and my heart. <laughs> number five, Notre Dame going to the shoe in Ohio State to play number two, Ohio State. Ohio State is a 17 and a half point favorite. Uh, last week we talked about this and it was at 14 and a half or I think it might have been 15 and a half. 15 and, a half. and we were like, it's, and I was like, it's going to get bet up more. And you're like, no way. That's already crazy. Like it's going to come in Notre Dame. And I'm like, I think it's going to bet up more. And here we are at 17 and a half. So does, no one's does it get bet up more now? I'm just curious. Do we yeah. think it goes even higher? I'll bet it goes to 18. See why? What do you think now? Uh, I think a lot of money's got to come in on this game. I'll you already said that last money. week. I know, I know. It's, but now it's like now really week. though. No, because I I still think a lot of like yeah maybe like the big money is done, but like there's gonna be a lot of like small big money if that makes sense. Like all the like degenerate dumbasses that are just gonna be betting Ohio State blindly. I think that's gonna add up to yeah. getting it to 18 here. Um, do I mean 17 and a half points That's, I mean no one's giving any love to Notre Dame and I get it Ohio State offense is Ohio yeah. State's offense it is what it is we don't have to talk about it in depth here we know what they can do I mean does Notre Dame I mean see why we'll let you go first considering you're not the Notre Dame fan in the room here does Notre Dame have a chance here to cover. I think they have a chance to cover 100% 100% they have a chance to cover um, and it's going to start with you know, that defense coming out and, you know, showing their identity of being the a great defense that everyone's talking about Notre Dame defense being this year. Um, if they get Ohio State's offense out of rhythm early, you know, if they go three and out the first drive, they stall them in the second drive. And then, you know, they keep it to where Ohio State's, Ohio State starts pressing a little bit. Um, I think it leads to being a close, low scoring game. Um, the question is just Notre Dame's offense. What are we going to get with Ohio or Notre Dame's offense? You know, um, we, we really don't know. And I, I don't know. I, I think Ohio State wins the game, but I think it's way too many points. I like Notre Dame covering. How many points does Notre Dame have to score to cover? Do you think to to win or to cover? No, to cover. To cover. Yeah, what do you think? Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. I think they got they got to score 20, 20, 21 points. I think. I think three That's touchdowns. Right. Yeah, they're, yeah they're I, I don't disagree with that. I was going to say 24. Ohio State's scoring 30 points, I think, in my mind. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. or another, they're scoring between, you know, low end 28, high end 42. I think they they're, keep, they're scoring somewhere. Yeah, I think they, that. I think I'd like to think Notre Dame keeps it under, keeps them under 40. And the, really the only reason why is Notre Dame's going to slow the game down uh, and take possessions out of Ohio State's hands. That's the only reason why I think Ohio State's offense is, is that good, right? Like they're gonna yeah. score and score and score some more. So even against, I think a top 10 defense in college football, Notre Dame. Um, and so. I think we will, I, I think we definitely can have a top 10, top five defense. I think this so. Year. Like, I, I don't think that's crazy. Over under on that game is 59 right now. Jeez. That's such a good. That's like, a lot of points. It is. Do you believe in Ohio? If you like States? Notre Dame, if you like Notre Dame, you gotta take the under there. You have to take that's the under. Not if that you like many Notre Dame. points, actually. Like, 
59? 40, 40, so 40, let, let, I hate this score. Yeah. I hate even putting this out there. Okay. But 42 17 mm-hmm. is 50 right. points. Yeah. Right? Right. Like that feels, a lot of points. Yeah. that doesn't feel like Ohio State scored a ton. And, right? And it feels like they still won handily. Obviously. So you, you got to think the under in that. I think the under. I think I think Notre Dame and the under is a play. I just think the problem with Notre Dame is they're going to go in and they're going to have that mindset of control the game, control time of possession, you know, have, establish a running game, and, you know, limit the big plays from Ohio State. That's easier said than done when you're playing defense against Ohio State because you might stuff them for a three and out and then, you know, get a, a first down and punt. But then they might hit a 75-yard pass to Smith and Jigba the next drive, and then Travion might break off a 50-yard one on the next yeah. one after that. That's what's so scary about Ohio State in this game. I'm actually a little more scared of uh, of the run game than the pass. Not because I take anything away from Ohio State's passing game. I think that Notre Dame is going to over-prepare right, for CJ because they have to. And you got to give up something somewhere, which is why Ohio State's going to be just so good this year offensively. And if you're picking your poisons, right, you're going to probably pick their run game, not because you want to, but just in terms of being explosive and maybe less explosive plays, you're probably choosing the run game, right? So, and and it potentially shortens the game up a little bit. Uh, I kind of think that, he's going to tear us up <laughs> what's interesting about this game is like it sounds crazy but i'm i'm just going to go ahead and compare it to you know oregon ohio state last year i think what the difference in that game was that i think oregon was tougher up front and they were able to run the football on ohio state right the battle in the trenches and i and i think i think we our offensive line can have success against their defensive line our offensive line is very good this year we have an all-american center and left guard like we can be successful. Freeman's been on record saying as much. Hey, we're gonna win the battle in the trenches. That's where this game is. And getting. I think that's where we need to take that advantage. If we can run the football and we can control the ball, like I you think can, we can make this a dirty game. I think you can absolutely. I, I think you can argue at the at the very least that it's a wash. Yeah. And then well, I mean, the, in the in, in yeah, the trenches. Ohio State has like yes, they have a legit left tackle, but other than that, they're not great up front. And then. Their D line, they have really, they have really good edge rushers, but they're not strong up the middle. Mm-hmm. They lost Haskell Garrett, their best guy. Like they're not extremely physical up the middle. To where our our middle of our offensive line is probably our strength. So if we're able to run between the tackles, we can be successful. And again, on defense, I think we're going to be top ten defense. And our secondary, I think, is much improved. We're returning pretty much everybody, and we added an All American safety with Brandon Joseph from mm-hmm. Northwestern. Like. I'm not that scared in a weird way. Like the more I think about this game and like I get it, Ohio State's Ohio State and I put them in my final four to be there at the end, but like 17 points, I'm I'm feel I feel good about the 17. Where I'm scared Uh, 17 and a half. Where I'm scared is our quarterback play. We haven't gotten to that yet. And 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 I And that's the thing. One thing I want to say about the comparison of the Ohio State Oregon game is Oregon came in with, you know, see what you want to Anthony Brown, but he had a lot of games under his belt. He was a veteran that made plays in that game when he had to. Not only that, they had two old senior running backs that had a lot of experience playing in, you know, big college football games going there 
and do very well. Those are the two young, like unproven spots for Notre Dame. Really, is uh, I mean Ty- running back and quarterback. Yeah, Tyree's you know, two guys down back though. No, but, but he's not the starter for my. You lose Kyron Williams and you lose, you know. Jack Cohen, it's like, Jack what Cohen. are you getting from it? You know, I'm not. It's like, I'm, yes, I'm not that worried about a about our running back room. I agree with you on the quarterback. They're very talented. Yeah, I'm not too worried about our running back. room. I don't need experience at the running back position no, to be honest with you. I, I want experience at the quarterback position, which we we just. Don't I also have. think the the wrinkle that Buckner is going to provide with running the ball um, in this type of game mm-hmm. is is when good. we're going to have a very run heavy attack. Right, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, um, and I think it just adds a little bit of a wrinkle to it. It slows the game down that much more. I'm so excited for this game, <sighs> dude. I'm like, so I'm thinking no, think, about it. Like, I'm I think you about, guys like, are right. I'm thinking about like Tommy Reese's game plan for yeah. this game. Like, like everything. No, that's I think go you're into it. Like, I'm so excited. Yeah. The big question on both sides for Ohio State is, can they get in the trenches and get dirty with you guys and be tough? Because you know Notre Dame's going to be tough in the trenches. Can they do that? And then for Notre Dame is, can you run with their athletes? You know, can you stop? that offense you know going back to the oregon game last year that was the cj Stroud like first game he ever played now he has a full season under his belt last time we saw cj Stroud without those two receivers that he lost he went for a bazillion yards against utah in the rose bowl with smith and jigba all over the field no. who is probably the best receiver in college football this year no, so it's going to be interesting to see that that kind of battle of you know tug of war which side it kind of favors to you know the uh, tough in the trenches or it's going to be the speed on the outside. I'm real interested to see the second half one way or the other. Yeah. And I think it's huge for Freeman because let's say we get the doors blown off us in the first half, right? Ohio state just comes out clicking and, and right. It, it's not a game by halftime. What is Notre Dame doing the second half? Ryan day is not going to take his foot off the gas pedal because at the end of the year, a win against what will likely be a top 25 irish team yeah the the bigger the spread the better he looks so they're gonna they're gonna push it till the end um so let's say the doors get the ball off the first half how does the team respond i think that's huge if we keep it close close enough then even more so because then you look at the osu game to end the year last year and how the second half we played a drastically different game than the first half It'll be interesting to see Freeman's ability to coach, right? Like we know that he is great at, you know, getting the troops rallied up, getting them hyped up. We know he's a great recruiter. Um, we know these things. How well can he coach in these big games? Yeah, that's always the question. But were you talking about Ryan Day or Marcus Freeman there? Freeman. Because, no. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. because I have questions about Ryan Day in big games. I do too, but... Day's got. Day's He's got, proven it though. But Day He's also has. It. What is he proven though? But Day has all the chips on his he, side of the table right now. What is what is he'd Ryan be, Day really proven to me though? I mean, being Trevor Lawrence in the playoff game. That's it. Like, and I'm not saying that's that, it, like, that's I not mean, a big deal. That, it can't be that. That's a big deal. Yeah. No, he's gotten like, to a national championship, but again, that wasn't as his, a dog. That, as that, a dog. That wasn't his team though. That was Urban Meyer's team. So for yeah, me, yeah, but Ryan Day was ahead. That's the same thing. Okay, then last year's team wasn't Marcus Freeman's team. You know, what I mean, it Marcus wasn't. Freeman was a fourth. But Marcus Freeman was a forefront of recruiting for that team. Just like I mean, Ryan that Day was, was definitely not Marcus Freeman's team. He no, coached Brian the bowl Kelly. game. Yeah, it was That's Brian it. Kelly's team. But oh yeah, I get that. Well, Ryan Ryan Day hasn't proven it to me. Ryan Day has proven to me that he's 
continued Ryan, success from what Urban Meyer has sure, done. Ryan Day hasn't proven. I get that, well, but he's proven more than Freeman. Has, of course, Freeman right? Hasn't coached a game. And so, well, the one, one game, game he did coach, right? We blew a lead. Big second half yes. fall off. That's why for me, the second half, I want to see his adjustments, his ability to adjust. Because one way or the other, to win this game or keep it close, he's gonna have to make in-game adjustments. Has to, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so that that that's I'm, I'm curious to see. No matter how the first half goes, what he does, but. Um, fun ass game. Fun ass game. Give me, give me predictions, like actual score. I want to hear it. Kev, what do you got? I know it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately, I just I think Ohio State's offense is just gonna yeah. score. I don't, I don't think our, I don't think Notre Dame's offense is gonna be able to keep up with Ohio State's offense. Let me put it that way. I think we can contain them, but eventually, you know, the three and outs for Notre Dame will build up, up. and and it's yeah. you know, mm-hmm. a dam can only hold so much water. What do you got? Um, I think it's Ohio State, 38, Notre Dame, 24. Okay. See why? Uh, 31-17, Ohio State. Wow, you really well, – so, so A lot of respect Dame, to the Notre Dame D. So Notre Dame doesn't cover. I mean, no, he's they said, cover? Yeah, That's it's a 31-17. Oh, 31. Okay. I think yeah, 31-17. Thirty-one seventeen. Um, no, I think Notre Dame's defense is really good, and like I said, if they can put them in a funk early, it's going to make it a little scary. But I think ultimately they figure it out on offset offense. Yeah, that's my problem. Yeah. What do you think, Garrett? Uh, I got thirty-seven twenty-four. Oh, you're right by me. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I just Dang, I think- no one's going on a limb and picking Notre Dame, huh? Fuck, both these guys. Oh, I'm, just I'm just being completely fucking... honest. I'm just being completely honest. See why you're biased and emotional. You pick the fucking all right, Bengals see why. all the time. Hey, 34-30 Notre Dame. All right, there yeah, you go. You want it? Yeah, you want it. There you go. Thirty-four thirty. Fucking go. Give me the over with Notre Dame winning. We know. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. All right. Fucking stand up. Seventy-four for your team. Notre Dame, yeah. twenty-one Ohio State. No, but we're we are logical. We understand what's against us, and you know what. If we keep it competitive, that's a win for us in this football game. We understand that with a brand new quarterback, with what's against him. And if like this can be, you know, we can lose and still have momentum. We can look good in a football game, still lose to the number two team in the country. And still, if we lose this game, we win out. We're a playoff team. Yeah. So as long as we look good in this football game, we will be fine. So we just have to keep that mentality going in. But I'm extremely excited to see what this team can do, because I do have high hopes for this defense. I'm sweating just talking about it. Yeah, I'm really pumped. Yeah. Let's get into Sunday. And again, um, Sunday's a good football game. We have Florida State at LSU minus good, three. Good game. Yeah, like really I like that game. game. It's two teams that have a lot of question marks. Obviously, you have Brian Kelly, um, scumbag. He's going to be leading the Tigers in this game. But you have Mike Norvell at Florida State, his third year. Should be the turnaround year for Florida State. They got a win last week against Duquesne. You know, whatever it is, what it is. But I thought Florida State looked good. I'm going to take Florida State plus three here. See why. LSU. I'm big on LSU this year. I think they're going to be. You're better big than on LSU. Be. What does that mean? Yeah, I, what does I, that mean? I, oh, over win total. I, I'm big What's on their win total? Win total. Their win totals for sure. I think it's eight. eight. Yeah, it's eight. I think they win nine games easily. I think they win ten games. So holy, um, I think they win this. You think they're like top fifteen? Uh, oh yeah, I think they're top twenty-five. I think they're between. Yeah, they're going to be a good team. They're better than people think they are this year. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm God, at LSU. I'm at LSU. God, I hope not. Yeah, that would <laughs> fucking piss me off. If LSU finishes above Notre Dame in the rankings, I'll be so mad. I'll be fucking pissed. So you think they're going to be good, though? On what? Just you like Jaden Daniels? Jaden Daniels and um, Brian Kelly's a good coach. Brian Kelly's a good coach. Good coach. I'll, I'll, I, I'm not disagreeing there. And they have wow. Boutte, you know, a top five receiver in the country this year. So, Kishan yeah. Boutte, he's very good. So, um, 
there's some potential there. And they weren't terrible last year. No. You know, Ogeron sucked, so that's part of the problem. And, uh, yeah, with the right coach and the right quarterback, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Okay, I, I don't hate that. I think LSU wins and covers. I, I will absolutely love to see Brian Kelly throwing a fit on the sidelines if they don't, though. Well, remember when he first got to Notre Dame and he was just screaming all the time? Yeah, and the boosters had to call down and basically say, hey. Yeah, you chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. We're on NBC. Mm-hmm. But, like... Is that what's going to happen here? At LSU? Yeah, hundred percent. He's got he's got to turn the program around. Well, and, he's got to and, set the tone. And and he has you know spoken many times about his feeling towards Notre Dame, mm-hmm. the institution, the way that they ran things, the lack of things that they had, whatever. Mm-hmm. I I think the true Brian Kelly is the little hothead on the sideline. Oh yeah, no, he's crazy. Right? That's he. No one's going to hold him back. They're not going to. Mm-hmm. No one's going to be. Hey, take it easy. No, they win. You know? They're going to be happy with whatever the hell he does. So I think. Uh, yeah, I think he gets. Full reign to, to do what he wants to do, throw his tantrums, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So, But I think they win this game. All right. You got number four, Clemson, at Georgia State. They don't even have a line or spread out yet. They shouldn't. Um, yeah. Does not uh, matter? Clemson will take You're care taking of business Clemson. here. Yeah, we're taking Clemson yeah. money line. Put your life savings on it in your mortgage if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, need a, you'll win $50. Need a good showing from... He had a good showing from DJ. Show that he's back this year. So yeah. interesting to see that. Yeah, you're still gonna want to have a good performance from the guy, considering all the question marks from last year. So um, let's see. I'm very curious to see how he turns out this year. Yeah, I too. had him potentially getting benched. So this is just knows. not the game that we're gonna, in my opinion, learn anything about him. Yeah, probably not. All right, best bets going into week one. See why? We'll let you start it off. I know you've got a list, laundry list of bets. What do you got? Honestly, it's not as long this year. Um, as you would think, or this week, I'm sorry. Um, I do like LSU. I like them a lot this week. Um, let me go to the slate. I like the under in Minnesota and Mexico State. New Mexico State could not score in Nevada last week. I think Minnesota's going to roll this game, but I don't think they're going to get to 52.5 um, total with Mexico State. So give me the under in the Minnesota-Mexico State game. What's the spread um, on that? It's like or thirty six and a half Minnesota. Oh Jesus! Okay. Um, sneaky game you want to look out for on Thursday night is Central Michigan at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's a twenty one and a half point favorite. Central Michigan's not bad, and Oklahoma State's known for not covering these games. I'm not saying I'm taking Central Michigan, but I'm staying away from this one. So it's more of a non bet than bet for this game. Um, we mentioned Purdue. I like Purdue a lot this week. Um, it's not I a laundry like, list. It's not a laundry list. Yeah, not long at all. I'll give you one more. You know, just going through it now. Um, the Kansas, the Kansas game hasn't come out yet on the line. Kansas, Tennessee Tech. Kansas is going to win this game. I love that. So bet it what it is. I have the over for bet Kansas. It, so yeah. I love that. Yeah. So do I. So do I. Love that. So, um, other than that, you know, I, I think I think we're good on that. And we kind of talked about the other games I like this weekend. Okay, Garrett couple that you like anything here uh so one that i love and and uh to both your guys's point even if they don't cover which admittedly i think it'll be close um i love the under on the georgia game they have it at 53 yeah i like that Um, that's probably one of my big bets i I really like the under in that game so uh give me the under in that game um and then i would say uh i kind of like the uh the under in the cincy arkansas game too at 52 um i think that Cincy's still gonna be a tough game Mm -hmm. um i don't see any one of those teams just completely opening and opening up and blowing the you know blowing it wide open um i had another one on here let me see if i can find it i do like uh cy is uh new mexico minnesota 
uh, New Mexico State, Minnesota, 52 and a half feels way too high for that after watching yeah watching week zero. Minnesota's always gonna have a good defense. Too. Yeah, so I think that that's that's uh, money in the bank for sure. Um, and then I like Penn State. I like Penn State to beat Purdue. Interesting, good stuff there. Um, yeah, to be honest with you guys, I don't love betting week one college football. It's tough. It's tough. It's just it's all projection. It's all what you think. I kind of hate it. So for me, I typically do like a lot of money line parlays week one, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Guys, think teams that I just know for sure are locks. Um, from a line perspective, though, um, we talked about a few of them that I like already, though. So I do like uh, Cincinnati, or not Cincinnati, sorry, Arkansas minus six. I, I think Arkansas is kind of one of those teams this year that they're sneaky good, and I think a lot of people are underestimating them, and I think they're going to be contenders this year. Um, other than that, it kills me to say it, but I think USC is going to absolutely put up points against Rice. And I think that's oh, yeah, like against Rice. No, I know. Like, yeah, their their team total is going to be high, and I, I like their team total over. Like, What's yeah. that one at? Thirty-two and a half. I haven't seen the the total fifty-two and a half, but their team total is going to be probably around sixty-one and forty. Yeah. So, like, I think that's something. a I think that's a good teaser opportunity to where you bet that you know you get that total down a little bit and you get that line down. I think Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, like they're going to want to put up at least fifty in that game. Like at least. Yeah, they're so. going to. Yeah, I mean, they might. Like the only problem with that is, do they win fifty-two to zero, fifty-five to three? You know? They'll give up points. They'll, They'll give up a few points. points. Their yeah. defense isn't that great, but um, yeah. So I mean, those are a few I like. It's just a game we didn't talk about a lot of. To be honest with you, unfortunately, a lot of the lines haven't come out yet for like the big games because I think they're just so chalky they're not even like telling us them right now. Um, but the only other one that I looked at earlier that we talked about a little bit was. Uh, Shit, my phone is dying right now. I mean, if oh, we want to hammer it, Western Western Kentucky is a 16-point favorite <laughs> at Hawaii. That might be a game we're chasing again and yeah. want to fade Hawaii. They're not very good. Yeah, and then I was going to just say Utah minus three. If, if they're the team I think they are, they should beat Florida yeah. by three points. So that's those are going to be a couple of my biggest ones going into this weekend. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I'm going to look at the spread on college game day. I'm going to bet a billion games. Yeah. So right now I'm being all timid, but once I see the – I'm going to fade the bear as always. My guy is always, always fade the bear. Yeah. And my guy, uh, who's my guy, CY, on the panel that I love? Pollock. Love uh, David Pollock. Yeah, David, yeah, David Pollock. Pollock. He's a dude. Big David Pollock guy. His, yeah. his, his picks are always really spot on. So I typically like tailing what he's saying up there. But um, always go with your gut, boys. I'm really excited for this weekend. Anything to add before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, let's give, let's, give the, let's give him one parlay. Let's give a three teamer. Let's okay. all throw in one game that we like for a three-teamer for the, the listeners. Um, start with you, K-Mori. Who's your best bet for the parlay? Who do you want to throw on there? Uh, Oregon, Georgia, under. That's my most confident one. I think I think okay. that one, uh, I think Oregon's going to have a good defense. My only thing that does could scare me off a little bit is Stetson Bennett's really comfortable in that offense at this point now, but I think they lost pickings. And, um, yes, they have a good tight end room, but I think, I think Oregon's defense is going to be good too, though. So I'm going to take the under in that game. See why I do yours. That was going to be mine. So let me find another one real quick. Give you a UFC one. You like um, Whitaker? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just not enough value. I guess it's too Over two and a half. I mean, uh, yeah. See why? Give me, give me yours. Let me make my mind up real quick. Let's go BYU minus 12 out South Florida. Um, yeah. I think I like they, covered that. The, they covered two touchdowns. People are picking BYU to be a playoff team potentially. Um, they kind of start with this game. So I, I'll, be I, South Florida's I'll be honest. I kind of hate much. that too. Like everyone's I, on BYU, yeah. and like I hate that too. I like BYU. I think they're a good football team, but we went over their schedule. I'm sorry, they're not going to beat Notre Dame at home, dude. 
they're not like I think they could get past Baylor, but then they have Arkansas again, Notre Dame, and then I think they're playing like they, I don't know if they're I didn't think they're missing Utah this year, but I think they're playing USC. Like oh, they're playing Oregon. Yeah, they're playing Oregon at Oregon. Like I'm sorry, like that schedule is ruthless. Yeah, if they go undefeated, sure maybe. Yeah, but, but that schedule shot in the dark. <sighs> doubt it. But I like BYU in this game. Yeah, Garrett, what are you thinking? Last one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Whitaker. Um, the money line actually the over is higher. The over it's 260 oh. on the over. Yeah. So I'd rather take I'd rather take Rob. You like Rob? Yeah, just to win. Two twenty. I would I would say two twenty. If your book lets you parlay dis, like parlay props, Whitaker by decision. You know, just add your value, help yourself out. That's probably like a minus one fifty. My book doesn't have it available yet. Yeah, mine doesn't. But I think it's gonna be around that range. Minus one thirty, one fifty ish, I would assume. Yeah, if yeah. if if you can, then I would definitely uh I would take that over because I, I think that's how think Rob wins. Bet. Yeah. Um, so we got under Georgia, Oregon, we have BYU minus twelve, and we have Whitaker to win money line. So that's your that's your parlay this week. Saturday's gonna be boy, a great starts, day. Yeah, wow, I just be a great day. All of these football games and then we get UFC too. Yeah. Man, it's gonna be a good day. Do Let's anything. do it. All right. Well, that's Total Generous Podcast. Thanks for the listeners. Like and subscribe as always. CY, congratulations on the baby. Hope to have you back in the studio soon enough. And uh, let us know what you guys, uh, how you guys do this weekend. We'll be back next week. See ya.